Hello and welcome to episode 379 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and uh, let's say that reports of my leaving the podcast have been greatly exaggerated. Um, I am going to host today's episode. I will not be hosting episodes next month, so this is not a full return to Retro Encounter for me. We'll explain more. We'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of the episode. But uh, we're here to bring back an old Retro Encounter standard, the RPG Fantasy Draft, because it is fantasy sports season ramping up very soon if you enjoy the American football. And uh, frankly, I haven't done one of these in a while, and it sounded like a great idea. But um, who is going to be competing in my league of Final Fantasy? It is Lucas Green. Hello. And Alex Frenicek. Hello. And Zach Wilkerson. Hello. And Alana Hagues. Hello. Oh, I'm not the only person making a return to Retro Encounter after a bit of a hiatus. I know, right? It's it, it, it's like semi-regular now. I just come back whenever I'm summoned, which is apt, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, there might be some summoning and or summoners going on in today's draft, which I alluded to earlier. Um, we're doing another one of our RPG uh, fantasy drafts, this time about Final Fantasy. We did a Final Fantasy fantasy draft in uh autumn of 2019 but that was so long ago that uh it's definitely been enough distance to do this again with a new panel um i was on though that that episode in 2019 but i can guarantee that i am not going to be drafting the same characters i have i'm in with a new game plan a new draft board and i'm excited to see exactly uh how happy or incredibly frustrated i will be after doing this for an hour with this group um but uh, listeners in case you don't know how fantasy drafts work uh basically we are each uh, creating a team made out of final fantasy characters or concepts uh with specific rules for the order that we get to pick different characters or concepts and um once someone is selected uh no other player can choose them so like uh so the draft order and uh and your draft strategy does uh um fall into play here and we we predetermined the order before recording it's going to be uh the first five picks are lucas then myself then Zach, then Alex, then Alana, and then in, in, in reverse order in a snake draft format. But uh, but before we move further with explaining, uh, let's talk amongst ourselves a little bit. Um, uh, Zach, the last time you were on a draft episode was the Xeno draft earlier this year. Is that correct? That's true. How, how do you feel? So. How do you feel about your performance in that draft, and and then about tonight? You know, I, I could have done a little better. Um... I feel like I was a little too focused on uh, the most recent game I'd played, which was Xenoblade 3. And, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do better this time. All right. Good to hear. Uh, Alana, I think the last one you were on was the Pokemon draft last year. Is that correct? I think so. I think that might even be the only draft I've been on. But no, yeah. I've been on the Tails. Yeah, draft you're, you're, as on, well, you're on the Tails I? draft. No, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Yeah, that was the last one I was on, which was over a year ago now at this point. Yeah, I think it was spring of 2022, so a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Now, I, I've done almost all of the drafts that we've held on Retro Encounter. I wasn't in the Xeno draft, but I was in all the others. And of the five of them, I think I did well in three, okay in a fourth, and I'm still disappointed in how underprepared I was for the Suikoden draft. But I am I am much more prepared now, and uh, and I'm I feel better about uh, now than I did in the last year. Um, Lucas and Alex, this is the first retro encounter draft that either of you have done. Um, starting with you, Lucas. Uh, you, I, I think you mentioned that you listened to 
some of the previous draft episodes. What, what are your ideas going into this Final Fantasy draft? My two main thoughts going in were, I'm hoping I get a little bit of an advantage by everyone else having some recency bias for 16, since I haven't played it yet, and to draft around a theme, rather than just trying to go for the, the, the hot picks. Uh, I can say that I it is very likely I have some 16 recency bias, <laughs> but uh, I, but Lucas, you and I have this first and second picks of the draft. So we'll, we'll, uh, people will figure out our strategy possibly very early. Um, Alex, this is also your first fantasy draft with Retro Encounter, but how fil- familiar are you with the drafting process or um, silly video game drafts of this nature? I mean, uh, not super familiar besides like what I've listened to on uh, Retro Encounter already, but I really do uh, live for this sort of rule-based conversation nonsense where it's like, oh, there's a, here's a fun, silly format that we can all take too seriously and uh, have all kinds of conversations come from that. So i uh, really looking forward to being here today. No such thing as too seriously. We're win. Oh, God. I am going to win this podcast. Oh, God. The min-maxes are here already. Well, I mean, I mean, in my heart. Yeah, you have to have as many people level up with Odin as possible so that the ATB speed advantage takes place, right? Right? I mean, of course. That's Yes. I mean, that's true. Unless you're playing the advanced version and then Cactuar just throws it all into a garbage disposal. So, but, so what's the formula that determines who's the winner at the end? Do, do we have that written up yet uh only i have that written up somewhere so <laughs> i'll i'll just uh twist the events of the draft in my favor privately uh long after we're done recording but i'm really curious to see how this goes so i'd like to get right to it but first we should um go over a few more rules i told we told about we mentioned the snake draft order uh already uh but we also have eight positions to draft um first a main character then second, third, and fourth are side characters, so uh, three characters other than a designated main character. Then one villain, one job class, one Final Fantasy summon, and then one flex. The flex can be any previous category or any character or monster from a Square Enix or Square Enix game. So that flex can be a whole lot of everything, but uh, you can go back into the Final Fantasy well for that one if you like. But now uh, the actual drafting has officially begun. Lucas, you have the first pick in the Retro Encounter Final Fantasy Fantasy Draft 2.0. Who's it going to be? Well, I was kind of hoping I wouldn't have to go first so I could pick a direction a little bit more. But I'm going to start off with uh, one of the contentious picks, uh, which is Celeste from FF6 as my main. Good pick, good pick, good pick. (laughs) Interesting. I... Uh, Celeste was on my board. I drafted her in 2019. I don't know wh- how long I would have waited, but uh, yeah, so you crossed something off my board. Congratulations, Lucas. Yeah, she's an awesome character. She has a lot of variety to her. Uh, can use most of the equipment in the game. Good magic user. Hits all the buttons. And Runic is just a very, very cool, unique ability to just absorbing mm. magic. Uh, considering how strong magic is in most of these games, that's uh, that's pretty OP. Yeah, for a handful of specific uh, boss fights, Runic is awesome. Sometimes I just forget I have it because she's also uh, like an elite attacker and magic user. Uh, FF6 is sort of weird. Not very many other games let you like your main mages are also your main swords people. That's, I mean, they're that's just that. the best characters. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. Also, she's a great singer, so uh, that's just plus one. I know, right? For her first time as well, like, yeah, damn. Sing singing an entire damn. first act of an opera, your first time ever performing in front of a crowd is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, is she also used the songstress job from Final Fantasy X too? Yeah. Oh. oh no! Have I given away part of my draft? You don't. You don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, knows. I think that even outside of how good she is in battle, I mean, I think that I think the most impactful moment in the entire game, personally, is when she walks up to the cliff and her theme is playing. Oh, and yeah. I think that she is such a critical part of what makes the last portion of that game work because that moment is so dark um, that I think that she's a phenomenal pick. She was high up on my board. Let's put it that way. Yeah, she was uh, number one for me, so uh, congratulations, wow. Lucas. And uh, she, yeah, <laughs> like Zach was saying, she's just got such a, a great character. The fact that she starts off as a general of the Empire, has to live with all that regret of being complicit and all that, and uh, ends up being like kind of the, the motivator in the last half of the game is uh, it's really, really interesting, really cool character. I, I guess we were asking for this, having 60% of the Final Fantasy VI panel on the Final Fantasy draft episode. Yeah, that's um, true. I guess, but I, I, mean, of us I was going to say, te oh, that's technically true. it's yeah. 100. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Because, yeah, the, the, we, the, the, there was an older Final Fantasy VI episode um, uh, before the recent ones. But um, Celeste was on my board. She probably was not going to be my pick in the first two rounds. But uh, so, so you have not ruined my draft plans, Lucas, only slightly compromised them. But uh, so now I have to try and make a good pick with the second pick of the first round. Um, oh no, uh, I have some ideas. I, I, I really think that this person is going to be threatened by Zach or Alana in the first two rounds. Oh, no. So I'm, I, I have to, I'm going to draft Clive as my main character. Phew. Uh. <laughs> I did not have Clive. <laughs> Clive is the best protagonist in the history of the series. He's, You're killing me, bro. He is <laughs> awesome. I, I am, I'm, uh, this is going to, I do not mean this in a cynical manner. I, but I really think that Clive was like designed in a laboratory to appeal to as many people as possible because he's mm -hmm. he's somehow edgy and a sweetheart and he has the noblesse oblige of being a prince. But also he was a slave for 13 years. He's also in, so damned handsome and somehow aloof to everyone and friendly to everyone. It's it, he is really an every man main character that is so likable and is so accepted by the fans and is so much fun to use in combat. Holy moly. Uh, I, I I love Clive, and I th I and Clive was on my board, and I'm like, uh, I I would like to have Clive of Clive on my team. Is there a chance that Zach drafts him in the first two rounds? There is. I have to go now. Very high <laughs> possibility. In fact, it was my plan to get him coming back around. Yeah, yeah. See, I wasn't sure who to pick first. Um, but Clive was a contender, and I'm like, I I'm gotta go for him because I'll I. Uh, and then with Celeste being gone, it's like, well, that's one possible main character off my board. I, I, I mean, do, do I really want to, you know, forgo Clive and save lightning for the eighth round or something? I don't know about that. I didn't know we were allowed to draft Game of Thrones characters here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, I was going to say, he's definitely yeah. got some Jon Snow in him. but He definitely uh, does. Uh, oh, yeah, a little bit. And I mean... Uh, <laughs> they, they mentioned the north so many times at the beginning of that game oh I was, my god I was, I was already feeling game of thrones and yeah. the um, iron islands or whatever they right call it. and his yeah. mom hates him I mean, oh like yeah the, the most hateable character is the uh is is a usurper queen yeah, yeah. that's oh man there, there's definitely a lot of game of thrones there but i i think 
um clive i, I think the, the way you put it um I, I never really thought about it that way like this idea that he appeals to everybody in some way um is a really good way of putting it um because um you know if you look at the trailers or the way he's presented before the game starts um you get this idea that he's going to be like this like madman out for revenge like some like i don't know a little bit of squall a little bit of i don't know some really angry guy um squall's angry too but you know what i mean <laughs> um but he has such a great arc um and he's so believable as a leader by the end even though like they somehow managed to laboratory create him like i believe that people would follow him and you're right like he's such a god in combat and i've, I've been on random complaining about this but like he's so awesome that he makes the game easy, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> which makes the, him really cool. Oh yes, the, the game is not challenging. I mean, maybe I haven't tried Final Fantasy mode, the uh, the new game plus it's version. It's really not that challenging. Oh, oh, okay, but but part of why it's not challenging is because Clive can do a lot. He's uh, he, I mean, and uh, and the combat's very very flashy and dramatic and f and consistently fun. And every time I uh, got new iconic powers. I was able to like just seeing the new stuff Clive could do was uh, it was incredibly fun. Just like uh, the, the game encourages messing around with your loadouts and experimenting and you can refund your points at any time. It's uh whatever. I think Clive is was a joy to occupy the life of uh, for 40 hours or so. So, uh, Zach, Celeste and Clive are unavailable to you, which maybe as a point of frustration uh, but, a little bit yeah they you, were they were the top two main characters on my board so i gotta i gotta kind of figure that part out well let's see lightning is still available but uh spoiler alert i haven't played 13 so uh, okay. it's like one of the only ones i haven't played oh boy my opinion on 13 is, is like you know this game isn't bad but you can throw everyone directly in the trash except for lightning and fang uh but anyways uh zach who's gonna be your pick for uh round one it, We've both gone for main characters, Lucas and I, but you do not necessarily have to pick your. Main oh, character. I'm not going to. Um, like there were th those two were like the clear top two for me. Like I was like, those are the two I really want. There are some others that I like, but I think I have a good shot at them. Um, actually, um, I'm gonna I I'm gonna pick a character that the only other person on this podcast who could take them would be Alana. Um, and we were talking beforehand, and I didn't tell her this is my first pick because I wanted to mess with her. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm already so excited. I, I, oh, I, I love oh, it. Oh no! I love it when people get mad on these podcasts. I'm gonna take Vina from Final Fantasy XIV uh, and Walker. Okay, now, I, now I, I, I know I know a little bit about Vina, but uh, I won't say too much. Um, but I, I, spoil I, you. I do have to ask: What category is Vina being drafted? Under? Side character, Got for it. sure. Yeah. Okay. 100 correct. So Vina, um, I don't want to give away too much about who Vina is, because um, I know Solosi that you haven't played Ed Walker yet, and I know Alex, I know a little bit about it. I'm not I, sure if I, you have, and Lucas, I know you haven't, but I haven't um, either. Yeah. Okay, um, but Vina is a character who you meet in Ed Walker, sort of. Um, you sort of met her in every other expansion as well. She's sort of this critical, overwhelming sort of presence in Final Fantasy XIV, and, and I think that when you meet her and you realize who she is and like sort of like her um, do it herself attitude, but also like her incredible kindness and the choices she has to make um, the intensity of the choices she has to make. And also like the incredible kindness with which she makes those choices. Um, 
and the ways in which she represents the philosophy of Ben Walker, which um, as much as I like Final Fantasy 16, I don't think it hits the highs of the story of Ben Walker, which is not a fair comparison. But and I, I think that she is the sort of the fulcrum of why it works. There is one particular sequence <laughs> um, and Alana knows what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> where uh, there's music playing and you're seeing all the suffering that she has to endure and she also has to watch. Um, and she is just such a presence in, in the game as, as like this almost godlike figure, but also as this incredibly human um, and beautifully drawn character in a very short period of time. Um, Vina um, is someone I was afraid Alana would take from me, even though, and uh, that's why I didn't even tell her I was going to take her. Um, and uh, yeah, um, Vina's a great character. Okay, now Alana, I have to ask. I'm going to assume that Vina was on your draft board somewhere. <laughs> she but, was. But, but was there a danger of you taking her in the first or second round? There was, yes. Uh, I also, I pulled the same tactic with Zach, so I feel like the exact same things just happened. If I'd gone before Zach, I probably would have nabbed her. Um, but yeah, I can't really embellish anything else on top of what Zach says, but I think one of the things I love about Vanar is like he really learns so much about her and so much about the way she acts through, like contextually, through everything that you've done as well as the Warrior of Light throughout 14. Like you have to make a lot of like really difficult decisions and go through a lot of things as well. And um, you sort of like, and in the same way that that scene that Zach was talking about completely changes the meaning of one of the most famous pieces of music from Final Fantasy fourteen. Like it completely changes your perception of like everything that you've done in um or like whoever your warrior of light's name is, um, like what you've done through the course of the game. And then there are moments after that that like a direct mirrors and comparisons to what Vanilla had to do. Um there are like basic like mirror shots and cut shots of you and Vanar doing similar things and you're just like my god I was I was a bawling wreck throughout the entire um sequence that happens partway through Enwalker and through most of the like second half of Enwalker basically say, like the last 10 hours I just like walk like reading the <laughs> text through tears <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Vanar is amazing like and I think a lot of people expected her to be something completely different and she was completely the opposite and also brilliant so now, uh, as Zach correctly guessed, um, I have not played Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. I stopped playing Final Fantasy XIV in the Shadowbringers post-game. So I'm, I'm close to meeting Vina, but I just haven't set aside the time to start up, uh, restart my subscription and play that game more. But um, uh, Alex and Lucas, neither of you play our 14 players? Yeah, yeah, I play. Um, I'm personally oh. just about to start Shadowbringers. Uh, I've been on hiatus for over a year now, and uh, I'm really I'm sad about that because I, I recognize that I'm just about to get to like the best parts of the game. Yeah. Oh yeah, you are. But uh, well, I mean, I mean, we should we should be trying to move on. I mean, we're in danger of this podcast going three hours. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alex, you have the next pick in round one. Um, what is it? Okay, Snow Celeste. Um, okay, I think I'm just gonna have to follow my heart for this one. Not sure if this is going to be a contested pick at all. Uh, also not sure what category this one would apply to, but uh, I'm going to draft uh, as a villain is my intention, uh, Delta Hyrule from Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> all right. You're the worst. <laughs> Excellent. I love Delta. He is yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite villains. He, uh, um, he, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say it. He was on my board, but not at the top of my board. 
Um, but uh, again, you could probably write a, uh, a PhD thesis on his relationship with Ramza in Final mm -hmm. Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Final Fantasy Tactics, um, it, it's so clearly, like, drawing on, like, inspiration from, like, theater in its storytelling. I think it's, like, Mitsuda makes it pretty clear how uh, inspired by just, like, drama and theater he is in general. I mean, like, you don't have to look any further than uh, the whole framing of that kind of final, the Ivalice raid in uh, uh, in Stormblood to, to know that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, Delta is just one of the most nuanced depictions of a, a villain in, in any video game I've ever played. Uh, if you even want to call him a villain, he could arguably be characterized as like an anti-hero as well. Uh, he's been like truly wronged by like the system. He's also been like taken up by a family of nobles where he both experiences like privilege and a lot of uh, discrimination as a commoner. And um, yeah, this, this whole idea that like history has brought him up as a commoner who becomes king and brings peace like it's such a perfect story it's such a perfect legend but then as you progress through the game you realize how much more complex it is than that and that um he's actually kind of like although he's like a really pure-hearted idealist in a lot of ways he's also totally like a machiavellian narcissist mm -hmm. and um that just makes him such an interesting character it's really cool how you have him in that first act of the game as a party member and then the distance just keeps building between him and ramza throughout the game like he's really like a, a shakespearean level villain um and, and, and like, but both also... in terms of like his tragic flaw and his whole character arc i, I just he's just a badass character but also one thing I think is interesting about Delita is that he's never really Ramza's enemy. Exactly. Yeah. In the last act of the game, Ramza has a few uh, meetings with Delita that, that, that aren't really clashes or anything, more just conversations. But Delita's like, I know that Ramza is pursuing justice in his own way, but I need him to win to fill my own ambitions as well. So like it's, uh, we know from the beginning that Delita is scheming and eventually becomes king. But uh, his friendship with Ramza never really never really disappears. So there, there's in a way, even though they're on opposite sides of the conflict, they're still brothers in a way that uh, that I, I thought was super fascinating. Uh, Zach, when is the feature coming where we compare Delita from FF Tactics to Joey from Suikoden 2? I mean, I literally have it on the board right now. Awesome. Um, so uh, whenever I read it, <laughs> um, when the Tactics re remaster comes out and Perfect. the Suikoden 2 one, I, I, I would love to read it. Looking forward to that. And uh, so, so uh, me drafting as a villain—that's that's cool with everybody. Everybody can get behind oh, yeah. that. Category. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. That's where yeah. he was on my board. Also, number one on my villains board. Thank you very much. <laughs> it it wouldn't be a retro encounter draft if Zach's picks didn't get stolen. But Alana, you have the last pick of the first round and the first pick of the second round back to back. So uh, one at a time. Uh, let's go with you giving us two picks in a row. Oh, I do, don't I? Um, I think given that we're talking about a lot of new games, I'm going to try and get a new character out of the way. Um, so I'm going to draft my first side character as a Final Fantasy 16 character, and I'm going to draft, maybe, I don't know if someone's not expecting this or not, but I'm going to draft Gav. Good old Gav from oh. The Hideout from I gav. 16 I, I gav is excellent <laughs> he's amazing like i was so happy when there was a geordie which is like someone from newcastle from in england in final fantasy 16 i was like hey up i was like come on <laughs> come down and then just like, i was like this guy's gonna die his name's gav 
And he's just like, something's going to happen to him. And then we just kept coming back and coming back. And not only that, he basically is like Clive's right-hand man. And they have such a good bond throughout the entire game. And it just builds and builds and builds. And he has some really incredible moments towards the end. Um, he kind of fits in the like rogue thiefy archetype, which I really like. He's a bit cheeky. He's fun. But he's also like very ready to get his hands dirty. And he's like pretty proficient as well. Um, so yeah, Gav is a delight and a highlight of 16 among many highlights, I think, from the people yeah. who are at the hideaway in 16. Uh, but Gavin really stands out to me just because... I don't know, he just feels like, he's just like someone you'd meet down the pub. You'd go and have a drink yeah. with him. And he's like, he's great. Like, I love him. Just his interactions with everyone, with Jill, with Torgal, with Sid, with so many other people. And yeah, I, I love him to bits. Um, yeah. I, I feel like Gav has just great chemistry with everybody. He does. Whether he's interacting with someone that's making fun of him or is, or they're talking about their professional relationship in the hideout. Or, uh, um, or or Taria is telling him st to stop getting so injured all the time. He, he just he just has he he just gets along with everyone uniquely, but in a good way. He just is he, he is just a, a ray of sunshine. Gav, Gav's um, awesome, Uncle Gav, as he calls himself yeah. towards the end. I mean, like that the final side quest with Gav. Oh, yeah, it's like, everything really about sweet. it is phenomenal. I cried. Um, and then like the uh, post credits, uh, the post like uh, sort of the cre credits scene. With oh, him, God. where he's running towards the door. If you've played, if you know, you know. Um, yeah, Gav's a phenomenal character. I mean, like it's it's funny because like Final Fantasy 16, and I, I hate to oversell this game. I feel like I I, I constantly am, but like, <laughs> well, you did give it a 97. Yeah, I and I stand by it. Um, I I don't even think he would be like a top five character for me. And in almost any other Final Fantasy game, he would be my favorite character. Like that's how strong I think the cast of that oh, game is. I, I actually did write a top ten I Final know, Fantasy I sixteen characters. I think <laughs> I think Gav was right around like sixth or seventh, which yeah. and, and, and and I love him too. So that just goes to show how strong this cast is. <sighs> yeah. Oh no, he's definitely like top five, maybe top three. I haven't really thought about it that hard. Um, but yeah, I wanted to poach him because, you know, 16's hot on a few people's brains. Um now my second pick is a hard one because there are some that might get nicked like villain is one i'm toying with but i might leave it i don't think anyone's gonna take it because i know only one other person has done this section of that game so i'm gonna leave it for now okay that 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 also is speaking possibly end walker to me <laughs> yeah i'm hearing ff14 all over that sentence <laughs> yeah um so I think I'm going to go for something a bit different. I'm going to go for Summon as my next pick. And I'm going to go for Alexander. Um, interesting. Oh, no, that's my name. What? <laughs> that is my name. <laughs> Alexander has been my favorite Summon forever. And it might be biased because Final Fantasy IX was my first Final Fantasy game. And whenever I think of Alexander, it is always the city of Alexandria becoming the Summon Alexander in the fight against Bahama. But genuinely... I really like the idea of like the Holy Summon not being like a powerhouse, but being like a mechanized steampunk castle, which is a defender. I've always found that such a really interesting interpretation of like, and it's like a really great like depiction of like the paladin job, which is like a holy job anyway, in like Summon or Esper form, right? Like it's like designed to protect and attack people um and it does it so well and i've like it, it's probably been one of the most consistent summon designs i think for the entire series apart from apart from i guess um nine um 
And in 14, it's absolutely gigantic and you run through it and then you get to fight it right at the end of the raid and it's very cool. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've always loved Alexander. It's like, it's just a really cool interpretation of like the light element. I don't think, like everything else usually goes for like angels and cute things. And then this is just like big castle made out of metal. So speaking of metal, I mean, Alexander in Final Fantasy 14 uh-huh. is so cool, uh-huh. uh, uh, making him the goblin god of technology. <laughs> so and, good. Then, and then they uh, like a super sentai uh, transforming mecha for one, uh, uh-huh. for one raid. I, I mean, I, I worry that already that this podcast is turning into an advertisement for FF 14 and 16, but it's it's super dope in 14. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Um, the raids are. They take a while to get good, but the last two in particular, I really love. Um, and, and and you know, um, I, I I know I I wasn't super enthusiastic about Final Fantasy thirteen uh, in this episode yeah. and in those episodes, but Alexander mm-hmm. being a transforming mecha ride for Hope in thirteen, oh, pretty yeah. cool. Like I, oh. I I wish they had done more with the summons in thirteen because that, that that was honestly a stronger part of the game. Yeah, the eye developments were really good, but yeah, I think um, Alex has been a, Alexander has been a really consistent summon throughout, and you know, I just I love it. It's it's one of those ones I can't really describe other than just like oh, it's big big robot castle thing. It's cool, but then such a nine. unique design, right? Exactly. Like nothing else. There's nothing. There's very few robotic designs for the summons in the series. So Alexander has always stood out to me. So there you go. Definitely my favorite when I was a kid. Uh, but I think we're ready to move on. Uh, Alex, you have your villain chosen and nothing else. So the board is your oyster. Okay, I got uh, main character, side character. What am I going to do here? Um, let's go side character. I am going to draft... Let's go Barrett. Barrett Wallace. Oh, right. That's a great one. No, Barrett dude. from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. The, the Mega Man of the Final Fantasy universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I could just say guy's got a gun on his arm, gun for an arm, and, and leave it at that. But uh, Barrett's actually a lot more than that, which is uh, really great. I mean, he's, uh, he's a passionate activist and an eco-terrorist slash activist who cares a lot for his planet he's a caring adopted father he's a, he's a good friend to to dine before uh they end up having their falling out and he's just uh, a great leader who who's able to stick up to cloud's edgy bs when uh when we, we all need it um so i i just really like barrett as a character uh re- really deep character um I mean, obviously there's some you know problematic aspects to his uh depiction um just specifically even in the uh english translation how they kind of make him kind of even more uh aggressive in kind of the way he's presented um which draws on like a lot of stereotypes he's got that mr t kind of vibe going on but um ultimately like as a as strong as a strong character he he pushes through a lot of that and um you know, I really like the idea of him being like this uh, long-range tank character too. That's like a really unique kind of kit that we especially see uh, kind of uh, reach its fruition in, in FF7 remake, especially. Yeah, um, I, I I love how the, there's only really four playable characters in FF7 remake, but I love how differently each of them feel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the fact that you can also get the the close range weapon from like the wrecking ball just that completely changes the way he's <laughs> so played. Fun it's too. so <laughs> fun. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, the fact that he's uh, a tank that can like give you good survivability, so makes him really good to put rays on him and uh, kind of good for support magic. Uh, but also like he can he can tank a lot of hits and he can hit flying enemies like just such a versatile character both in terms of, of mechanics and, and the story so really love Barrett and uh, I welcome him to my team. He has good limit nice. breaks in FF7 and I, I always appreciate that because by the end of the game it's like well everyone can kind of do everything so I'll just pick the characters with my favorite limit breaks and yeah so on on that note I used him a lot. He's great in the remake as well, I think. Like, oh, I, I can't wait to see the scenes with him and Dine in in uh, in, oh, God, I know. in Rebirth. If 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 we're get, I I think we might get there in Rebirth. I mean, there were at Cosmo Canyon in that trailer, so I'd imagine we will get the stuff at Gold Saucer. Um, oh, I hope so. Cut, that that would be so exciting. I can't imagine they would cut Gold Saucer. That's such an iconic part of that game. Uh, that yeah. would be so fun to experience in like kind of this beautiful, like graphically realized way. And the, the oh. whole dating uh, scene as well. Ha, that's right. You could potentially date Barrett. Oh, God, <laughs> you yes. you mess up enough with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the stuff with Dine in 7 is one of my favorite parts of the game. Just because... And there's like a chance in Remake as well to like really flesh out his relationship with Marlene even more. Because like, I remember the first time that like Barrett takes off his glasses in Remake and everyone was like oh, look, he's got soft dad eyes. And I was like, how oh, can we, like, it's true. Because <laughs> I do love his relationship with Molly. And, like, he really cares. Like, he's so passionate about, like, his activism. But, like, his daughter is first and foremost mm -hmm. before anything else. And I think that's a really good, like, key hallmark of his character. I haven't actually played the remake yet. So, uh, uh don't have any strong opinions there. But, uh, I mean, he's an awesome character in the original. And, uh, some like you said, awesome limit breaks, which is definitely one of the most important things in the uh, in the game. <laughs> well, when you do uh, eventually get around to Final Fantasy VII Remake, might I suggest uh, an episode of Retro Encounter that we did on that subject back in 2020 to accompany Alana's review of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you had to beat that thing in like eight days or something crazy. <laughs> it's like six, yeah. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Oh, I don't envy you at all. But uh, I also don't envy uh, Zach, who has the third pick of round two. <laughs> um, uh, you have one side character down and the rest of your team open. So who's it going to be? So, you know, I'm a little worried about my uh, main character, but I know that the next two people already have theirs. So I'm going to take uh, one of my favorite Final Fantasy side characters and uh, the one that inspired my main in 14 uh, originally i play reaper <laughs> mostly now but i gotta take kane highwind from final fantasy 4 um he's such a good character um i mean i feel like you think about like the number of anime betrayals that he does to you over the course of the game um and the ways in which um like he is drawn um in, in, in like these like, in, like snes ways right like he, he's he's very simple like you the thing with Rosa is so like lightly sprinkled on um, in the original game, but um, the ways in which he struggles um, to be uh, the kind of man that he wants to be, um, which uh, you know Cecil does as well, or Cecil, or however you want to pronounce it, um, I, I think makes him like sort of one of like the prototypical. Uh, in so many ways, Final Fantasy IV is the prototype for what Final Fantasy becomes to some degree, right? But um, he's the prototypical like sort of like frenemy character um and i think that he is uh just so edgy and i love him he is the most edgy 
Yeah. When, when I saw that he was being added to the cast in Dissidia Duo Decum, I thought, I remember thinking to myself, oh, he's going to betray both sides. At, at, at least, like, like the over-unders is two and a half, and I bet the over. And that's exactly what happened. Um, he, like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's almost cartoonish how many times he betrays different groups. But, uh, but I think it also is communicated that he really is uh, feeling inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is also just effortlessly cool for being like mostly stoic and serious with an edge to him and having just uh, a cool look and cool abilities. I, I love Kane. It's one of those things where if we I feel like if we got a. A newer version, like a remake version of Final Fantasy four, there would be a lot more subtle depth that we would see. Oh, that yeah. you couldn't put into, you know. I've I mean, never thought about that before, but he would be a phenomenal character of a remake. Yeah, yeah. Like I, we, there's already a lot of good depth in just the, just the pixel version, but <laughs> like just being able to see the nuance a little bit more with animation and voice or something. I I don't care for Final Fantasy IV: The After Years, uh-huh. the, uh, the the sort of multi-part sequel to Final Fantasy IV. But what happens to Kane in the events of that game are, the, I, I feel, the most interesting part it's of the it. the only good part of that game. It is the only good part <laughs> of that game. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, a lot of Kane is, um, like, I love Kane. Kane is my favorite Final Fantasy IV character, along with Rydia, I think. Um, but, yeah, everything everyone said is pretty much nailed on the head. Why? Um, whenever anyone thinks of a Dragoon, it's always Kane, right? Like, it's never, I don't know, like, it's never Freya, or it's never another dragoon lancer user basically like or, he or is the, the archetype the hot dragoon from final fantasy 15 i love arania yeah. but she is not a great character that game doesn't write any women very good so it's like there's also a very hot dragoon in 14 i'll have you know there is a very hot dragoon in 14 and in fact we were saying like depth to kane you know i feel like kane would and Estinian are two sides of a similar coin, right? I, I, I think Estinian is a 2010s interpretation of Kane. He absolutely is. Um, yeah. oh, sure. There is, um, in a in a dungeon in the Endwalker patches, uh, Estinian, if you take Estinian with you, he, like, says similar, the same lines as Kane does throughout 4. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. I, 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 you, you don't need to tell me this, Yoshi P, but I, I, I understand what you're doing. Most betrayals per minute of any, any uh, <laughs> character, probably. But yep. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just share this as a fun fact. Uh, when it came down to my last pick, uh, I was about to pick Kane, and then I'm like, oh, I bet Zack will want to pick him, so I relented, and that's exactly No, what no, happened. you're doing you, it wrong! You, you actually you should... gave him to me? You should have <laughs> taken it! You should have taken it! Oh, man! I mean, I appreciate that. Un- un- unless you really felt that Barrett I... was threatened by Lucas, myself, or Zack, you should have gone for it. I just liked, uh, I liked Barrett better, like, he was higher on my side character list, so I just went with Barrett instead, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was about to be, uh, <sighs> really vicious there. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I do slightly wish you had, mostly because I just love chaos. Uh, now, let's see. Um, villain, my villain slot is still open, so I technically could draft chaos. But or, or do I want to draft someone that wants to kill chaos? I, I don't know. Uh, it, it is my pick. It's the fourth pick of the second round. Um, I only have my main selected. And really, my only competition this moment is Lucas. Because Lucas has two picks right after me. So if I'm worried about being sniped by Lucas, I should go with something that I'm 
I don't know a lot about Lucas's tastes. Lucas, is the, uh, you and I have spoken before on like uh, RPG fan channels, but this is our first podcast we've done together. It's true. I know you like FF6 a lot, and you do. I, 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 I can't, <laughs> I can't let you have the double act of Final Fantasy VI characters. So I'm gonna draft Terra as a side character. Okay. Because Terra was not on my board. But. Okay, well, it, it's too late now because uh, she's she's off everyone's board besides mine. Um, she is a great magic user. She's a great sword user. I, uh, I I love her arc where where it starts out as total uncertainty and eventually self discovery and found family. Um, she is one of the characters that is the heart and soul of Final Fantasy VI. Um, I I I, it, it, I, I don't want to like rank every character in final fantasy six right now, but I think she's one of the really crucial characters of that game. And I always like having her around and even just her look with the red and pink outfit and green hair and uh, transforming into the pinkish purple S uh, Esper form. Uh, and, and if everyone knows that I, that I love it when people transform, um, <laughs> it, it's uh Tara's just awesome. And I even like her in Dissidia where she can chain magic better than just about everyone. Unless you have a truly, uh, insane kefka build so yeah i've i've always liked Terra. i wanted to draft someone from ff6 so Terra it is Terra has yeah. one of my favorite moments other than celeste's like the stuff at the orphanage in the world of ruin is genuinely incredible like where she's trying to find a purpose in the world after she's you know freaks out as an esper and everything that happens in the world of balance like She's a phenomenally written character and like particularly now that you think about it, how like sometimes 15, for example, like doesn't do a great job with its female characters. And you look at Final Fantasy VI and you're like, well, Celeste and Terror are both great. So it's like, how can you screw it up? But there's like, they've set this like template that's so like, you know, they're all both balances of like kindness and strength and weakness and power and everything all in one go. And I think both Terra and Celeste are the heart of Final Fantasy VI, but Terra even more so, perhaps because of because of her ties to the like theme of Espers and everything that happens to her in the beginning of the game. Um, she's also just super good at everything in battle. Like she's more of a magic user, but she's definitely extremely helpful um, to have. Um, and I love her personality. I love that she's like reserved, but also very excitable in some ways um, and fun. Um, also just trying to figure out who she is because what she's like what 16 17 maybe um so she's a really and great... doesn't remember most of that anyway yeah exactly um <laughs> but yeah but yeah, the, she... the, the moment after she transforms in mobliz uh-huh. and uh she she defeats funbaba with the party but then she like descends from her form and all the children are afraid of her but they slowly one by one recognize her and start rushing to her side again it's it, it, it's such a beautiful moment. I I I, I love I love Terra. I, I had to draft someone from FF six. Just gonna say that specific moment where the kids like shy away, and there's like the change where she just looks heartbroken for that brief moment before one of them comes forward. It's just just tugs on the heartstrings. Yeah, she's she's just like a, an amazingly depicted character, and um, yeah, I mean, like I already. We 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 already talked about her all, all a whole bunch in the the FF six podcast. So, but okay. Uh, so Lucas, Tara, and Clive are not available to you. Neither is Jon Snow from the Game of Thrones slash Song of Ice and Fire property. 
but you have every slot remaining other than main character and two picks in a row at the end of the second okay. round, beginning of the third. So one at a time, uh, who is your pick for round two? So just because I want to be contrary, I'm going to start off with uh, a pick that I'm not as worried about. <laughs> um, specifically because it's been joked about several times while we've been talking about prepping the episode. And I'm going to take Edward. That from beautiful. Oh, wow. Specifically from the PSP version of Final mm -hmm. Fantasy. 4. OK, OK, so you, yep. you, want, you want the you, you want the Apollo harp and the endgame equipment. I want the endgame equipment. I want the bard <laughs> song that gives mighty guard. I want the salve ability where it actually lets you use Phoenix downs to bring the whole party back up at once. <laughs> um, I just finished playing through a uh, Final Fantasy IV ROM hack where Edward was my MVP because of those abilities, and uh, I am I am here for it. I want to champion Edward. He also has very high speed, and in the uh, advanced PSP version of that game, um, speed and ATB count really, really matter. Uh, it's 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 almost game breaking to have um, a, a a party full of speedsters instead of like a bunch of you know, a bunch, a bunch of Sids and, and, and Cecils in it. But, uh, yeah, no, Ed, Edward's gameplay is redeemed somewhat in the PSP version, but um, even though he is sort of famously a, uh, a, a slightly ineffective character in original Final Fantasy IV, his arc really is beautiful. Um, because he was this, he was a somewhat cowardly bard who was de uh, completely dejected after his, after his, uh, his um, girlfriend or fiance, Anna, uh, passed away he has this adversarial relationship with Tella but he really does have a good heart and is trying his best and saves the group a couple times um so yeah you know you know what you know what we we were joking about how Edward was going to be the number one overall pick uh before we recorded <laughs> but uh y you know what I, I I'm I, I, at, at the very least I'm amused so thank you Lucas <laughs> And aside from high speed, I, I understand that he's also got the highest uh, spooniness stat in the game. Correct. He does. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. In, in the PSP version, yes, but in the in the original Final Fantasy IV English translation, Yang has the best spoon stat because he can throw a spoon for nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Touche. But I, I think it. I think the spoon was renamed Kitchen Knife, or it was originally Kitchen Knife. And maybe, <laughs> I, I think maybe just. Uh, 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 who uh, 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 Ted Woolsey maybe just loved spoons in 1991. Hey, there are some versions of the game where they let Edward equip the spoon as a weapon, so I'm just saying. Wow. Okay. You know, Final Fantasy IV ROM hackers are into early 90s memes. Sure, I get it. Edward I play a lot of randomizer. Ed Edward and Lilith from Tales of Destiny would get on really well, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know what? I I, I speak uh, the other FF4 Tales of Destiny connection. I bet Kane and Leon would get along really well as well. <laughs> yes, that, that was a joke for you and me alone, Alana, on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> but okay, uh, look, I think most of the cast of Tales of Destiny is unavailable to you, Lucas. But you do have another okay. pick to follow right after Edward. I think I'm gonna go with my villain next. I am gonna go with another FF6 pick. Um, I don't want to do too much, uh, re too many repeats here. Um, 
I'm actually going to go with Ultros. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking about Ultros. It's a great choice. <laughs> really? Multiple people had Ultros yeah. on their board. That's yeah. interesting. Everybody loves hey, seafood soup. Ultros is so fun. <laughs> right. He is super he, fun. I just wasn't expecting him. He is a fun character. He's a recurring, like, almost like meme character by the end of the game that showed and he showed up in other games. Uh I mean, he is funny. He is uh he's a passionate you can at least say that with his uh tenacity uh coming after you for no real reason that you can tell i don't even know why he's doing it um and uh i mean he's a patron of the arts you can't go wrong right yeah uh, he's he's working at opera houses and auction houses i'm still not sure how he gets up to your airship at the end of world of balance um he he's a, stops to pose for uh, up and coming sort of artists. Flew up there. <laughs> you never seen flying octopuses before, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Chupon gave him a ride, uh, yeah. but 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 still, uh, I mean, he also has a pretty memorable turn in uh, in Final Fantasy 14 when um, when Godbert does that big smile when he oh meets Ultros. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, sorry, 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 Lucas. We turned it into an FF14 discussion again. Are we allowed to draft I, Godbert? Uh, 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 spoiler alert. Um, if he's a character, then he's he's draftable. I never said they had to be a playable side character. Okay, okay. Adding to my board, Godbert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm slightly worried that uh, one of my picks from 2019 might be gone now. So I am just going to go with my heart and get my favorite Final Fantasy villain. Uh, also a recurring character who you fight four times, um, Beatrix from Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> I Ugh. love Beatrix. She is so cool. She is her, her uh, boss fight is unusually challenging. At least the first one or two of them are. So like when she is chasing you down in the first, uh, in the first disc of Final Fantasy IX, you're like genuinely a little afraid of her. It's like, oh no, not her again. Um, and so and so she's this like. Uh, scary, incredibly cool character, uh, but then she has this uh, romance later on with Steiner that is just completely adorable. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like she is super tough and strong, but a softy deep down, which is one of my favorite character types. And look, I mean, look, she's also on a team with Clive, so I'm, I, they, they have that in common at least. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and, and for the brief time you get to control her uh, for like one sequence around the middle of the game or maybe the two thirds mark of the game. She's super, super fun to use. So, uh, and, and I drafted her as my villain character in the, in the 1.0 final, final fantasy draft or sorry, final fantasy fantasy draft. I, I, uh, I, I picked the wrong double word there for a second. Um, and I, I decided I wanted her back and I know that, uh, Alana loves FF nine and there was a danger of, uh, mm -hmm. Alana st uh, taking Beatrix from me. So yeah. I, I couldn't allow that to happen. It, whether she was on your board or not, Alana, I, I feared there was a chance. So on, on, my, on my team, she went. She was on my board, but not as a villain initially because of the heel turn she does around the two thirds mark, like you say. But uh, a face turn. Heel turn. Heel, heel turn. Face turn. Mean, yeah. Heel, heel turn means they go bad. Face turn means they go good. Thank you. Sorry. 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 I'm, uh, I, I, wow. We have Final Fantasy 14 and professional wrestling in the podcast. I, I know. Re I, re I really am back. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I Welcome had her. Back. Welcome back indeed. Um, but yeah, I had her down. Um, again, she's really cool. Um, I wish she was a party member over Amaranth. <laughs> but she's like this cool blend of like Steiner plus Paladin plus a bit of Cloud. Because one of her, like I think her best attack is Clemesset, isn't it? Which is one of Cloud's limits breaks. Um, but, or stop breaks she has as well. Um, she has like a number of different like references to previous Final Fantasy swordsmen. Um but yeah, Doesn't she, she just... have shock from General Leo also? She does have yeah. shock, yeah. Yeah, shock is uh is also Steiner's ultimate move, but you need yes. you, you need you need um his uh the Ragnarok sword to get it. That's right, yeah. Um yeah, she is superb for is like as she's not like a main character, but she gets like a lot of screen time in the first two and a half discs. Um and she's this imposing force, and as you say, she becomes like this really sympathetic, lovely lost character because you see in a similar way to Kane, she like has this kind of like turmoil of she knows the queen is has changed, but her loyalty to the queen is like what's holding her back from leaving and but then the moment she sees Garnet in pain, kind of like what Steiner sees as well, like that's the thing. Like she serves the queen, but the princess is like top priority for her. Um but yeah, Garnet um Beatrix is amazing. She's been my, one of my favorite characters from Nine for a long time, and I'm a little jealous you got her, but I'm not. I'm not killing myself over it. She was on my board, but not super high. I, I you know what? I really like Final Fantasy Nine. It might be the Final Fantasy game I'm closest to replaying because it has been well over a decade since I've played it. And but uh, if she's if she if she's not my favorite character, she's one of my favorite characters. I, I like she's when I was always either either happy or scared to, to encounter mm-hmm. when I uh, when I played that game. And uh, yeah, I, I wish she was on your team more, but I, I think <laughs> she she would fairly count as a side character or as a villain for the purpose of this uh, of this podcast episode. Oh, but you got her. So that's OK. Her theme is also just so. Oh, Rose of May oh, is my favorite song from nine. Yeah, that's oh, really good. I was sad that you can forge her sword at the end of the game but no one can equip it it just sits in your I inventory know. It's like i i wanted a, a cool end game sword for steiner or, or zidane but didn't get it hmm. but anyway uh zach um three villains uh villains are off the board but your villain slot is still open so are That's your true. so are your main character slot uh no one's um, drafted a, a job class yet uh, uh you have six slots still available and it's your pick in the third round who's it gonna be so I kind of got to go with the same route that I went with Kane, and I hate to go with two characters from the same game, but I feel like Cecil or Cecil is the uh, fundamental Final Fantasy protagonist. Now I really regret not taking Kane <laughs> from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought nice. I thought you might have an eye on Cecil. Um, so that is my that my choice. But it, it, it's interesting because, like, while I do think that. Uh, I hate to talk about Clive here, but I'm going to. Well, I do think that Clive is the best Final Fantasy protagonist. So much of Clive is pulled from Final Fantasy IV and what Cecil is um, in terms of like facing his darkness and sort of the, the, that accept the truth moment, which is very cool. It, it reminded me so much of like the moment where um, Cecil is fighting himself in the mirror. Um, and his arc is... His arc is sort of over once he becomes a paladin to some degree, but I st- I still feel like that ability in a 1991 I think RPG to really 
have a character who is facing who he is and accepting who he is and accepting his sins. Like that is something that uh, has become such a staple of the genre, but I think that is still impactful when I play it now. Um, And I've played Final Fantasy IV probably definitely more than any Final Fantasy um, just because every time there's a new version of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play it. That's exactly true of me. It's, it's not yeah. my it's not my favorite Final Fantasy game, but it's the one right. I've played through the most times because it's, it just keeps getting remade and I keep playing it again. Yeah, and it's just like it's it is like maybe my ultimate comfort RPG. Like I, I, I Final Fantasy four, like it just feels like a warm blanket to me because I know that game so well. And yeah, I, I just think that he's such a prototype and uh, useful in battle, of course. But um, I, I just think he's a great character. I think this is amusing. The uh, uh, the top three main characters on my board were Clive, Cecil, Celeste in that order. So uh, yeah, the, the the C team's doing pretty well for the main character. That was exactly my order. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I, I guess I I was you know able to predict your tastes and preferences a little bit, but uh, yeah. Again, uh, there was no danger of me picking Cecil because I already had Clive on my team. But I I totally agree. Uh, Cecil is a prototype main character for Final Fantasy. Um, he literally has a uh, transforms during his uh, his own transformative moment in the game, and um and 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 they even signify his new beginning by having him go all the way back down to level one, but him becoming a powerhouse again I very quickly. It, it it's annoying when you experience it for the first time. You're like, oh no, why is he so weak? But then it, but you know he, but but he gets back up to speed and is so strong and fun in his way that uh. Simba, he isn't weak. Well, he's he's weak <laughs> for like one for like one fight, and then he's and then he's level seven or something, and it gets much better. But uh, he still has more hit points than the twins. <laughs> I think that is true. Probably Tella as well. But uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, Cecil is an awesome main character, and I really enjoy him. If Clive had, if I hadn't gone for Clive and Zach took him in one of the first two rounds, I probably would have gotten Cecil quickly after. Best Final Fantasy hair as well, like for a protagonist. Yeah, you've seen Clive's hair. that helmet off at uh, full flow. I know, right? Just lets it all hang. I'm, Golden, I'm, white, I'm, silver. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking right now, and I, I don't know. Have you seen Clive's hair? To repeat yeah. what Zach said. I, I have seen Clive's hair for like 80 hours. It's still Cecil. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know like uh, cecil, uh, cecil, cecil let himself go a little bit in secret of evermore for the super nintendo <laughs> beautiful hey kit harrington's an attractive person to be fair <laughs> but yeah um yeah the the whole like turning from dark knight to paladin is just exactly how you described it uh slow c it's just one of the most beautiful like narrative design moments like depicted in a game like to this day i think like it, it's so impactful it's so well tuned with yeah. like kind of the mechanics of the game it's just uh the whole like fighting yourself in the mirror but you're actually just supposed to defend and survive just like a, a really beautiful way to to depict mm-hmm. a character transformation and um yeah i'm not sure that he's the the first like true like anti-hero in uh rpg history i mean like the fact that like you start the game seeing him like commit war crimes and then he he goes on this whole character arc uh yeah not sure if that's like the first one but the fact that we're in the the age of the video game anti-hero right now it's just uh very very big ahead of his time i think yeah 
you know, the fact that we're still talking about it 32 years later, I mean, it had the biggest impact, at least <laughs> in terms of that antihero thing. And I, I love that it takes like, because I love the moment in Final Fantasy one where like you change classes and like you grow up. Like, I don't know what it is about that moment that gives me such a dopamine hit, but it's the same idea here. Right. Well, uh, uh, Zach got his main character squared away. Uh, Alex, you have six slots to go, including your main character. But it's your pick, uh, number four in round three. Who's it going to be? Yeah, I, I unfortunately paid for my for my altruism here. But uh, <laughs> let's see here. Um, we love he- we love each other here at Retro Encounter, but drafts are not the time for altruism at this point. Okay, so I think I'll draft my um, main character. Uh, and that will be Noctis, um, little bratty, brat, little bratty Noctis. Um, <laughs> so I personally felt that Noctis's character arc and development throughout FF15 was just some of the most like human character development I've ever seen depicted in a game, just because of the leisurely times, just exploring the open world with your with your boys, uh, learning from them, um, actually kind of becoming a, a more just a better person and learning how to like become a leader i thought that was incredibly done and by the end of that game uh when you have to like choose your your picture uh to uh, maybe i shouldn't go into spoilers but yeah you got to choose a picture uh that like prompto has like taken throughout the entire game so you have to like go through all the pictures and you get to see all the special moments you had personally as the player with with your lads and uh i thought that was pretty incredible um and just uh he he's just like a, a cool character that the fact that he he does evolve so convincingly uh, i think is a really strong point for him uh, i love how they have those little um like almost like bioware like dialogue options for him but they're almost like trivially uh stupid and how they're framed where it's just like oh you can either choose the completely socially inept or rude or arrogant option, or you can defer to your friends because uh, huh. this, uh has no emotional maturity at that point in the story, or you can actually choose the the good, supportive, or diplomatic decision. So, even though that was pretty basic, I thought it, it did a great job capturing the range of this character and, and what what encompasses him. Um, and then you have that whole like political negotiation scene in Altitia, where it, that's kind of like a big turning point for him, where he's actually able to. Uh, with you as the player making the choices, uh, start making some bigger decisions. And then he just gets insanely powerful. He gets all the, the king's weapons. He can start like flying around and, and using all these different royal arms. Um, just, yeah, just really cool character. Um, lots of uh, flawed aspects to him, but I think that's part of what makes him so interesting. And uh, just seeing him grow thanks to the support he has from his friends. Um, is, is what makes that game uh, so special to me. So, yeah, Noctis, lock him in. Oh, I, I haven't played Final Fantasy XV, but I have played a lot of Tekken 7. So, oh, yeah, I've played so, in Tekken as well. <laughs> so, so, so maybe, you know, maybe I have played Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, maybe te- Tekken 7 is a good <laughs> enough replacement. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, you can fly around and use a whole bunch of weapons with him in that, so uh, you, you, got, you got the gist of it. Only one of those games was ever played at EVO, so yeah, I think I chose well. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Noctis is a really fantastic main character. Like, I think regardless of what you actually think of 15, um, I think Noctis has, 
it's funny actually that like two of the more modern Final Fantasy games actually have such fantastic character arcs for their lead character. Like Noctis is like the royal prince who is like a little bit spoiled and he's off to get married. But like you really see him grow and develop with his friends who are basically his family by the end of the game. Like the scene at the campfire is still one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. Um, And Noctis is like impeccably played as like this like slightly bratty spoiled child sleepy he just wants to sleep all the time bless him um and then he just becomes this person who knows what he has to do and he knows that he has to save the world save insomnia and save his friends and his but he knows he can't do it on his own as well which i think is one of the best things about him is like he accepts that he needs the support of other people to help him um mm-hmm. But he's super powerful as well, say, like, all the king's weapons and all the summons that he can do as well by the end. Like, yeah, Noctis is great. One, like, probably, well, yeah, one of the highlights of 15, for sure. Yeah, I agree 100%. Also, old Noctis, when he's got that uh, grizzled look with the beard and everything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's the best part of Final Fantasy What a 15. stud. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, right. Ooh. At least uh, Square Enix is good at making their uh, protagonists handsome once they've aged a little bit. I definitely didn't just Google that, and wow, yeah, that looks <laughs> way better than his original boy band look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh, they're giving us two versions, kind of like uh, uh, kind of like um, original Near back on the Xbox 360 days. But mm. uh, Alana, um, you have not picked your main character yet, so unless there's some cross-category shenanigans you could probably save your main character selection to the very end if you're uh if uh if you're playing with strategy but uh again just go with whatever you want to you have every slot remaining other than summon so who's going to be your pick in round three yeah i'm saving my main character at this point i'm happy they're not gone and i didn't think they would be gone so that's good um so i am gonna pick another side character and i'm gonna nab vivi from final fantasy 9 straight off the bat right now um oh vivi vivi is is so heartbreaking vivi has maybe my favorite character arc of any final fantasy character ever um just beautifully written play on the black mage as a entire standard or a piece of final fantasy history but also an incredible examination of like what it means to live an existentialism and what it means to be you and vivi is adorable and he doesn't realize many things about himself but again through the power of friendship and through experience and through growing up vivi begins to understand what life is but also that he's not defined by who he is um He's not like the most powerful black mage in the entire series. He does get some pretty powerful spells and really only reaches his full potential with Steiner, but like he's adorable and I think I love it that his like trance limit break is he has like a floppy black mage hat, but when he goes into trance it goes pointy and upright and I think that's really adorable. Um but I think he just has such a lovely character arc and he's iconic like the black mage is an iconic figure in final fantasy history like it's on the box of the pixel remaster if you have the physical if you know it's it's one of the first things people think about i think and vivi takes that like imagery and transposes a lot of what final fantasy storytelling has been up to this point um in such a fabulous way that 
I think Vivi is, I mean, Vivi's probably my favorite character in every Final Fantasy game. And I wasn't sure I was going to draft him today, but given that I don't really have many other picks from nine um, and a couple like Beatrix is already gone. I'm like, no, I've got to have, I've got to have a, I've got to have my magic boy. I've got to have my favorite boy. I think. Everything you said about Vivi's story arc is absolutely correct. Um, they, they take the iconic Final Fantasy imagery of the Black Mage and use it to create a character that went totally unexplored places by uh, Final Fantasy games of the past in a way that was that and that that is both sad and beautiful and uh, and and but also kind of hilarious. Like 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 Vivi is so cute mm-hmm. and and clumsy that mm-hmm. he has he has a lot of comedy beats in the first two discs, but then by the third disc when you sort of understand have a better understanding of what Vivi and other and the other black mages are it's 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 completely tragic and uh and 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 beautiful like i i i love vivi like i mentioned that um, i wasn't sure who my favorite final fantasy 9 character is vivi and beatrix are two of the contenders absolutely absolutely true 100% yeah and it it plays on the flip side as well because once he's reached that point of growth like he has to do the same thing back to zidane right like when Zidane has his own existential crisis towards the end of disc three, um, that's like all of that experience he's grown up with, with everybody else, he has to use it to help his best friend. So it's a real moment of growth for him. Um, yeah, Vivi's amazing. I will, shall I go for my next one, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. in the snake draft format, you have the first pick of round four. So who's it going to be? <sighs> Good grief. I feel like I'm pretty safe with most of my picks, which feels like weird. I don't know. Um, do you know what? Trap. I know. I think I might go for my flex just for a bit of fun. Um, and I am going to go for Cube from Live Alive, the little oh. robot from the future. Nice. Oh, nice. I was thinking of that, but that, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have a Live Alive character in my board i'm not sure if i'm drafting them or not uh <sighs> uh but but uh but not cube this is this is fascinating I, I i played live live for the first time with the remaster last year and, and we recorded two episodes of retro encounter about it uh but i it, it was so good so let's talk about cube a little bit let's talk about cube who has the coolest chapter in live alive in my opinion like this blend of rpg and alien and 2001 a space odyssey all wrapped up in this like murder mystery kind of thing um or with this adorable little robot who brings you coffee and like has little wings on his back and is the best healer in the game like by no comparison like even though like akira has been improved for the remake from what i know um and has like his healing's like a little better than it was in the snes original or the famicom original i should say um Cube has the best healing spells and has some of the best magic potential in the game too. Um, but I, I mostly it's just like VV. He's there for cute factor, and I I can't ignore his like like the little bleeps he makes in the remake are just so fun, and they do such a good job of like giving him a personality through his animations. Um, yeah, his little spinnies that he does when he's happy. He's so cute. Um. But yeah, like when Live Alive came to mind for like a flex character, I was like, look, my real favorite character is probably Acura, but I would say that Cube is the best character. Again, I've picked two best boys like back to back, like big eyes and cute and a little awkward. And he's got little rollerblade feet as well. You can't leave that path. But yeah, Cube is the best. And 
it's like again super futuristic um and just a really interesting character in like a traditional turn-based rpg where i mean five out of the eight storylines are all medieval fantasy you know ancient china typical rpg settings and then out of all of them like the space one is the most unique this is before like star ocean existed and fantasy star is really the only other major japanese rpg that had any kind of space travel or imagery in it um but yeah cuba's adorable and cuba's definitely team mascot sorry to a certain recent dogs in the final fantasy series yeah, in preparation for this uh, this thing, uh, I was thinking about what live live character would I pick, if any of them. And uh, yeah, C- Cube definitely like emerged first. I think not not because, like you said, he's necessarily my favorite character of the bunch, but because that that whole story arc is just so cool, and and all the range of influences you mentioned, the fact that they managed to make like a, a little three hour JRPG survival horror essentially, mm. yeah, uh, is just fascinating, and it's actually like really fun and to play, and also kind of terrifying to, to try oh to avoid God. that beast. Uh, so the fact that they pulled that off is just really amazing alone, and and to have the little robot at the heart of it is is just great. I, I think one thing that's special about Live Alive is the huge variance of tones between the seven mm-hmm. main scenarios, or, or I guess eight main scenarios, before the finale, which is kind of a just uh, just fun JRPG chaos. And uh, I, I don't know, my, my favorite Live Alive character is, uh, well, I, I sort of have two favorite Live Alive characters, Lake Hugo from China, and one character that I, that I might yet draft as a flex, we'll see. <laughs> but 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 Cube's scenario is so unique and interesting. The only other uh, uh, sci-fi RPG older than that I can think of is, I mean, I mean maybe Fantasy Star, maybe Lagrange Point, and that's about it. Oh yeah, Lagrange Point's a great but, pick. Uh, yeah, but the uh, well, it's a great pick until you try to play it. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Cube was one of the most unique parts of that game. And uh, his gameplay in the final scenario, if you uh, if you get him early and upgrade him with, uh, yeah. with robot parts, he, he's kind of awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, I it's d- definitely one of the highlights of a really really uh, wild uh, game with a lot of different sort of different ill fitting parts that somehow fit to ma- together amazingly. Yeah, play live live everyone. It, yeah, it's it's good. Play play it and then listen to the retro encounter episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, Alex, I can tell you've played Live Alive. Uh, you get, t- can technically draft um, 88% of the rest of the Live Alive cast right now. If you want. <laughs> but uh, you, ha- you have uh, five slots still remaining on your team. Who's it going to be in round four? Okay. Uh, yeah, thinking of a couple things here. But um, I think because I didn't end up with Cecil, I'm going to try to do a, a makeup pick. And that's gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna draft my uh, job slash class, and that's gonna be Dark Knight. Uh, ah, that was literally ooh, my next oh, pick. Oh, wow! It's on my short got list. You Excellent, back, Zach. Excellent. <laughs> literally my next pick. Oh, fantastic! I, I, you know what? I think I am drafting my job class uh, next, but it wasn't. Oh. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't gonna be Dark Knight. 
But uh, but the Final Fantasy um, Tactics Dark Knight, mm-hmm. I've never had the patience for it, but it's so awesome. And and yeah. well, and and it's it's an awesome stylish tank in fourteen, and uh-huh. uh, and and does crazy weird damage with katanas in Final Fantasy three. Like um, Cecil's not the only interesting Final Fantasy Dark Knight. So yeah. so so Alex, uh... what's your vision of uh, <laughs> of Dark Knight for the purpose of this draft? So I'm. Like again, like it is partly inspired by Cecil, but also uh, it is the tank I play in FF14. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I just think it's uh, well, f- one. I mean, the thing to really call out here is that it's easily got the best job quest line in that game. Oh, um, the beautiful. fact that it's so basic, good. it's basically Fight Club, but in Final Fantasy is, is <laughs> awesome. I have never thought of it that way before. It Thank is. you for yeah. saying it that way. Yeah. When when the uh, the, the gameplay trailer for uh for Shadowbringers came out and they showed the level 80 ultimate of uh of of, of Dark Knight like like the entire room screamed at the auditorium. <laughs> you, you you know what I'm talking about. If you know you know. Yeah, I yeah. do. Um oh. but yeah like I, I love the the kit as a tank. Uh questline's amazing. It, it develops the main character in in a way that they don't really get to be developed in the actual story, uh which is fascinating and makes Basically, like Dark Knight, like no matter if you want to play it, if you're playing Final Fantasy fourteen, you should definitely play that quest line. Ooh, like you, you are gonna love Shadowbringers, my friend. Oh, yep. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> you are God. gonna love Shadowbringers. Um, and yeah, I I love the that mechanic where um you basically get to uh walk the line of death and like become invincible <laughs> for a bit with zero health, and uh, it's just like so fun to play around with and feels so. I was about to curse, Wait, but uh, feels yeah. so d- dang cool. That sounds awesome. They made you, it uh, even cooler yeah. since you've unsubbed, actually. So, yeah, yeah, it's very good now. Yeah, but it's always funny to watch like healers scramble, and I'm like, no, no, don't scramble when I use Living Dead anymore because you'll you'll ruin it at this point. Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't do that. But yeah, Living Dead is amazing, and Dark Knight is the first tank I played in 14, and I do not regret it. The Blackest and- Knight. Oh. I, I I am actually a warrior main in FF14, so it's it's not my preferred tank, but it is so stylish and so cool. And that level uh that level thirty to fifty storyline um is is with Frey is awesome. Okay, so Zach, it looks sounds like your job class was taken. Yeah, but um, but was. you still have that slot and villain and summon uh on your on your board. Uh, who's it going to be in round four? You could still pick machinist, Zach. That's true, right, but I'm not you going all I wasn't to. Gonna pick it. Uh, you know, uh, interestingly, I am going to pick a job, um, but it's a job that I don't play in 14 basically at all. Like I leveled it to 30, and then I was like, eh, too many buttons. <laughs> um, and it is ninja. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I did. Oh no! <laughs> I was I was actually thinking of Final Fantasy three ninja. I was thinking of Final Fantasy Three Ninja, and I'm also thinking of Final Fantasy Tactics Ninja. Oh no, um, I, I I really was going between two <laughs> things for job class, and Ninja was one of them. I, I'm I'm not I'm not kidding at all. Now you get the other one. Um, but I, Tactics I, Ninja I, is the best. Yeah, I, Tactics Ninja is like what carries me through like the first I don't know like like the middle third of almost every playthrough I do of tactics like every time i play tactics i'm like yeah i'm gonna do something different this time and i never do like i'm like must level to ninja very quickly and i'm like oh i'm not gonna use sid and then i do i i um, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say just ff tactics and ff3 five oh, and yeah. tactics yeah. Du- du- like, yeah yeah dual wielding is so yeah. awesome in all of those games and ninja is just how you do it 
Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's a super fun class to play. Um, I, I like the aesthetic of it. Um, I, I even like the aesthetic of it in 14, but like, I, I just don't want to press all those buttons. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think it's a great class. It carries me through my play. It carried me through the end game of Final Fantasy three for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking it did in five too, but it's been so long. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, great, great, great job class. Yeah. Ninja is another class I used to play in 14, <laughs> but yeah, like it, the most recent example of Ninja is that I've played around with is final fantasy fives. And like you said, like dual wield in that game, like the minute I got it, I was like, yeah, no, everyone's got to have this. Like I had Faris and Bart both with dual wield and one of them was samurai and the other one was something else. And I was just like, look, this is, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but Ninja is just aesthetically so cool as well. Like this like speedy, like fast, like semi-magic user in some games, semi like physical attacker, always very quick. Um and and and, and Shadow's Kitten FF6 is is oh, is is, 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 uh, is inspired by Ninja, of course, and is uh and it's like Final oh, Fantasy yeah. Final Fantasy has always done very well by ninjas, all the mm. way like even all the way back to making them upgraded thieves in FF1. Oh yeah. Always I always have a thief oh, in yeah. Final Fantasy One. Yeah. Um, but again, they're, they're the they're one of the two ultimate classes in FF three. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Edge and Shadow are super cool. Uh, FF five Ninja with dual wield is great. My one of my favorite combinations in FF five is uh, is a um a a, a Mystic Knight uh, or I, I should say a a freelance end game freelancer with uh with um with sword magic from Mystic Knight and then X fight from Hunter or Archer and then uh, dual wield from Ninja. Yeah, that's so. Like, so, like casting flare on your swords and then attacking uh, with eight swords at once. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that sounds pretty similar <sighs> to some good Final Fantasy V builds. That's just oh, me. Man. I it's, love it's, it. It's so fun. And Zach took it from me. I, I was, I was gonna take Ninja right now. In fact, until I'm you, so- took, until you took it from me. I'm scared that, about what your other job uh, pick is, though. Knowing that, who that you makes are makes me very happy. Yeah. It, well. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I I I have to pick it now because I I can't let it I can't let it go. There's a couple I was thinking of. Um, again, I my my favorite classes from FF14 are uh, are Gunbreaker, Warrior, and Monk. But it's not going to be one of those. I thought about I thought about Sage from Final Fantasy III, um, because that's the other ultimate class and they're really good. But no, no I, I'm actually going to go with with my heart here. I'm going with uh, Samurai. <laughs> and uh be- because I-, I love the ff14 samurai i like i like kyan and oron and all those guys but really it's the final fantasy tactics sam- samurai yeah. who can who like summons sword spirits that are incredibly powerful you can do they, they give you good magic damage you know, even if you're doing a no faith team or something weird um and uh and my my favorite way to build ramza in final fantasy tactics is to give him is to pump up his magic a lot and give him draw the eido draw out skill because it's like the uh, final fantasy tactics are like a melee mage or a short range mage in a way that I, i'm not sure they've recreated in a way i love ever since uh so yeah it's i'm drafting samurai but really it's the final fantasy tactics samurai with with much respect to those other samurai that i mentioned yeah, that's actually what I did with Ramza too, and uh, it's so a very good. good time. Yeah, it's so good, and it's also just. I so really cool. need to. I've never really tried using the samurai in tactics. I've played through it you know, three, four times, and 
I've always avoided it because it has the the line in there that, you know, your katana may break. Yeah, I think um, there's officially it's a it's like a 20 or 25 percent chance that your katana breaks after you use it, which is why if you uh, um, um, but the only the only katana that you can never get a second copy of are the Masamune and the Chiriji Raiden. So uh, or uh, I, I could be mispronouncing those. So it's it's helpful to use the catch trick to get multiple copies of those if you're terrified of uh, of having those break. But otherwise, you know, just just buy like ten Murasames and uh, and uh, uh, and Murakumos and stuff to 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 get to get you through most of the game. And um, you're, but it, you're but using it's, logic here. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but but yeah, it's a super fun skill to use, and I just like uh, the vibe of Final Fantasy Samurai. They are always they're always heavily armored and powerful. The um I I, I like them in all of those games I mentioned. Uh, I, I wish Cayenne had was wasn't so slow, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I I just I just like uh, Final Fantasy Samurai in general. And I did pick Samurai in 2019. So with Ninja with my Ninja plans foiled, I went for the my next favorite thing. But uh, Lucas, you can still draft a job class if you want. Um, but Alana still has her job yeah. class selection waiting in the wings, so th- so you, you it could be stolen. You also have some character slots, a summon. You have uh, most of the boards still available. So what is your pick going to be in round four? I'm feeling pretty confident with most of what I've got left here. So I'm going to take my last two side characters. All right, uh, who's the uh, first of those? I'm- I'm going to start off with Ico from Final Fantasy IX. I, I, I like using Ico in Final Fantasy IX, but the main reason by far is double white. Yep. <laughs> double yeah. her her trance is so good in that game. But uh let's let's talk about she's, Ico. She's got great magic. She's got I, I actually really always liked her summons better as well. Uh, Fenrir being like the giving you the weird elemental coverage and uh, Carbuncle giving you the cool status effects. Oh yeah, Carbuncle with the with, with the different gems in FF9. I forgot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's really good. And uh, was it uh, Medine, which uh, is her ultimate one? I don't know if it was just because it didn't have like a three minute animation that played every time you used it, <laughs> uh, but it was my preference for the ultimate. Uh, attacks with that as well and just made her uh, uh, feel like a, a really I mean I preferred her over honestly uh, Dagger or uh, Vivi for casting for most of my playthrough she gets holy as well she's the only character to get holy so yeah, yeah she's easily the better there, white there is mage. something awesome there is something awesome about the white mage who can like when once they get holy, it's like, eh, do I really need a black mage now? Yeah, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, it is great. It is probably the best child character in the series. Maybe I'm trying to think of anyone I like more than Aiko oh, for being like hmm. under twelve. I really think she's a great character, even if it's just like for how like capricious and how like loud she is, but also like how much she cares about Garnet. Like, I think she's just a really good balance of like an immature kid, but also like someone who's trying to grow up and trying to like act all big sister, even though she's not, she's like nine, I think. Um, 
she's really fun yeah again i i'm well known for disliking little kid characters but aiko's great i, I mean the I, the only final fantasy kid i like more than her is maybe young Rydia. but oh yeah uh, but yeah but 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 aiko is awesome um she's super f- effective in battle like when you meet her uh at the at the summoner village like there's this really profound loneliness that you feel with her mm. that that is that maybe has her sort of connecting in a way with the other sort of uh, cast of ff9 which are a lot of people questioning their identity or their or their sense of being um and and for and for her to uh a, a, attach to garnet in a in a really adorable way and uh while also being a, 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 a not a totally silly character but sometimes she's a, a sort of a, just a silly little girl who acts a, like you know a, acts childishly but in a way that has you feel for her instead of be annoyed by her yeah without um, her steiner and beatrix would never have gotten together that's like her mistake yeah for, for, for i mean for that for that uh unusual letter writing campaign i have her to thank uh-huh <laughs> and uh if i'm not mistaken uh, it's been a while since i played ff9 but uh she starts with uh moogle as a summon writer mog and then that changes into Madwin at some point. Yeah, it's a it's a total reference to Final oh, Fantasy yeah. VI and uh, yeah, Terra's yeah. father. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool, and it it also serves as like a really cool uh, way of representing her maturity through her mm-hmm. moveset as well. I thought that was that was pretty smart. I, man, I, we've been talking about FF Nine enough this podcast. I really need to replay that thing. You do. I uh, it, keep it, feeling it, the same thing. Yeah, it, it it's been something like fifteen years. Uh, uh, no, between that and I haven't played any of the pixel remasters, and now I feel like with all this Noctis talk, maybe I should knock out Final Fantasy fifteen finally. <laughs> the, the, this podcast makes my is, is horrible for my backlog and my time management. Never enough time for play all the games. Yeah, Just add are... it to the list. TM. Yeah, there are too many games, uh, but uh, we have, uh, but there are not too many picks. We are halfway through, so we're in the middle of a Lucas turn. Lucas, you have one main, two sides, and one villain drafted with one side, one job, one summon, and one flex to go. So what is your pick going to be at the, at the beginning of round five? Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick my last side character because I'm feeling pretty pretty confident about my backups on the other categories. Um, and I'm also going to, uh, in the process of explaining this character, uh, tip my hand as to my my theme that I've been drafting around. So I'm going to take Selfie from Final Fantasy VIII. Okay, so now I'm, I'm just struggling here what this theme could be. Is it, uh, is, is it overlooked characters? Or uh, I mean, so, not, not not slots maybe. Um, uh, but yeah, selfie from Final Fantasy H uses Nunchaku and has a, a slot based uh, critical, a uh, super critical. Um, let's let's talk about Final Fantasy VIII for the first time in this episode. So mechanically, I know most of the characters in Final Fantasy VIII are a little bit more interchangeable. Um, she does have good magic, great to have for that reason. However, the reason I'm taking Selfie is actually because of her personality mm-hmm. and because of her hobbies. Uh, she is are, going are, to are be... Are you drafting characters that like trains? I am drafting characters to make a band. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really oh, good. So I got, get it. 
We've you got have a you have a harpist and a singer. Harp, singer. Uh Selfie is gonna be our manager. She's the festival organizer. Yeah. She talks about being excited to have a band. Uh she manages the website for the schools. She's got all of the manager skills covered. Plus, she, along with the other characters in Final Fantasy VIII, can learn one of one or one of eight instruments in a day. She can play whatever instrument I want her to. Wow, I totally She's forgot that about FF8. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> she was probably the character on FF8 I used the least. And again, I haven't played FF8 since the 2000s, but that was totally because of I just I found her uh, special ability less interesting than Renzo Kuken or Blue Magic. But, you know, I, I did not see this theme coming, Lucas. So congratulations. You completely outwitted me. First by drafting Celeste and now by completing by completing your full house. And uh, and um, I, I'm just hazarding a guess here. Uh, is Ultros on the t on the team to play drums with his eight arms? You know, I hadn't actually considered that. I just had him on as the only like even peripherally musical villain that I could think of. Uh, but. He, he would make a good drummer, uh, a good roadie, and uh, also like I said, he is a patron of the arts and he is passionate. <laughs> he is. <laughs> you could have gone for Genesis or Kuja if you wanted a bit of poetry in your band, but yeah, I like Ultras. He's appropriate. But uh, I, I guess it's a, a good, a good, as good a time as any to move on. Um, I still have two side character slots left, and I think that, and I think my summon and my flex are probably not in danger of being chosen. So I'm going to go with another side character. I have a couple I'm looking at. Thinking about what to do. There's one very good boy from FF16 I'm thinking about, but <laughs> I already but I already have uh, I already have Clive, so I don't know if I need backup. Yeah, you know what? I am going to go with um Orlando from Final Fantasy Tactics. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, He's definitely on my board. Uh, he almost makes the game too easy when you get him. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Sid Orlando is a, is a legendary character from Final Fantasy Tactics. He can use this. He can use the sword arts for uh for that that the other three uh super sword characters can use. Um, uh, uh, not 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 counting Beowulf, who who's also on my draft board. But uh, yeah. One other thing I appreciate about Orlando, not just how powerful he is. But he sort of represents the previous generation of characters in Final Fantasy Tactics, because the war that they're in now, War of the Lions, was preceded by a different war where Orlando and Balbanese, Ramza's father, were sort of the champions of each side and uh, and fought each other and had mutual respect, but uh, but obviously didn't uh, didn't kill each other. But so so like Orlando being abandoned by his side to have him join up with the rebels on Ramza's side with Delita being the person that sort of gently nudges Orlando into joining Ramza to make Ramza's side stronger and Ramza more likely to defeat the, uh, the, 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 the temple Knights is, is like he, so Orlando is, is basically super, super strong, super fun to use a just cool old guy that has Excalibur, but also an, a sort of unwitting political pawn that, uh, that that is a interesting piece of the larger story of Final Fantasy Tactics, but but really, let's be real. I have him on my team because he can use lightning stab 
and dark sword and night sword and all of milia duels breaking moves and he he's just absolutely <laughs> awesome he's from so that busted. perspective <laughs> he, he's he makes the game almost too easy like if you if you want to have a more fulfilling time playing final fantasy tactics use like only ramza and, gene and generics but if you want to just completely kick everything's ass in final fantasy tactics use like orlando and agrius and a a, a a ridiculous ramza build and you, you'll have a lot of fun no matter what but uh i i i, I just like he he was on the um let's see Final Fantasy VII Sid and Final Fantasy XVI Sid are contenders, but FF Tactics might be my favorite FF Sid still. I mean, that's that's a very fair take. He he does have probably the the highest power level of any character in the series. Like the the overpoweredness of his kit, and just like you can feel like what a cool character he is when he comes into your party and you use him because he just dominates the battlefield it's like amazing how how powerful he feels not only like from his reputation in the story but also in combat it's uh sure it breaks the game but it's also extremely awesome that's actually a really good point is there's specifically the fact that they talk about him beforehand and in a lot of games when they talk up how awesome a character is they either are really awesome until they join your party or they're not nearly as awesome as they're talked up to be. Yeah, and Orlando exactly. definitely meets expectations, if not exceeds them. Yeah, or, or they're a villain or a boss fight, and that, that never joins your party. But, but for Orlando to have this reputation established early in the game, and for him to join you later and live up to his reputation is unusual and just super, super fun. I hate to bring up fourteen again, but the fight there is pretty cool too. Oh yeah, that, that is a, that's that a very good. Is the, that's uh, true. Yeah, that is the best raid in Final Fantasy fourteen. Still, uh, I still quit out every time I get it because I don't have the patience for it. You're a terrible oh. person. <laughs> oh wow, I'm I'm sorry. I accidentally thought you were talking about Sids, but you know you were talking about the Alliance raid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh man, he's super cool in that too. Mm-hmm. I love that fight. But but yeah, that's a uh, uh, enough. Sid talk for now, unless you know, maybe, I guess there are a couple Sids still available for the for everyone I mean, else. I mean, uh, the Sid talk will continue. Oh, <laughs> here it uh, goes. All right, well, um, after you, Zach, who is your pick for round five? So, uh, that's a great Sid, but um, I actually can't believe I haven't taken any characters from 16 yet, but I'm about to. Um, the Sid from Final Fantasy 16 is phenomenal. Um, his uh, his voice acting, Ralph Innocent. Um, who uh, Alana says is in like a lot of UK commercials. We haven't watched enough of them. Um, he, he he's such a great like sort of like beginning mentor character in Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, him being a dominant um of Ramu, which is like sort of like it, it, which is really interesting because he he seems like again like a guy who you would just like go out under the pub and have a drink with, but he also has this wisdom and this ability to lift people above him, but also like this sardonic wit about him. Um, and he's just like, so cool that like, it's, it's hard for me to even really put it into words. Like, I, I feel like he, he has such a presence in final fantasy 16 throughout as well. Um, and the way that um, they, they sort of acknowledge who he is throughout without really getting into any specifics. Um, I think makes him probably the most critical Sid in any Final Fantasy game, and I think that he's deserving of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't beaten FF16 yet, but uh, I, 
this this character is just so great and yeah the the uniqueness of of the voice actor of Ralph Innocent is just lends so much weight to that that character's presence in the game and uh yeah every scene he's in is just like my my attention is is immediately there because uh he he just controls the scene so well uh, as a performance and and very cool character dominant of Rambo yeah his entrance is so dramatic with just flashes of lightning saving you from uh what what are they um uh, ironborn bandits or uh, yeah parts of the parts of the uh of of the iron army um <clears throat> to him being just so uh so immediately roguish and likable with, with with just that killer gravelly voice and uh and and you can tell that even though he's this uh th- this rebel leader he loves everyone on his team and and uh and there there's somehow roughness and warmth to him uh and sort of he, he he's kind of i don't know he has more dad energy than clive but also just just uh is is totally likable from the moment you meet him there's a total like balance between i wouldn't say world weariness i can't think of a better way of putting it but like he's sinister like you know that like sid has ridden the gamut of life basically and has the scars and the experience to show for it but like that makes him more determined than ever um sid is like a person who cares for the people and even though he's got this great power and has come from a fairly responsible like high up background uh, well not high up but you know what i mean like i don't want to spoil it for anyone but he's got like a position somewhere else that he abandoned um but he he comes at every problem knowing that like you know it's not about him it's about everybody else in the world and saving the world and he's great like the, the very first trailer dropped and sid spoke i was like who's this man and this is like the man who's been in like the office uk he's in the green knight he's in like he's in game of thrones as well obviously and like like Ralph Addison is a uh, pretty much he's pretty much a legend in the UK. Um, you just know that that voice. Like he's been on adverts for razor blades, and there's this man who like turns into Ramu, and I'm like, but you're selling me a Gillette razor somewhere else. Like, what am I supposed to do with this like balance of responsibility? Um, but yeah, um, Sid is like Sid's been great in some other games. Like 14, Sid's great, and. 12 sit is really great actually now that i think about it um yeah yeah look, look i mean i mean i think basically every sid from almost two onward has yeah been, has been an iconic character uh-huh uh and we i mean we've already drafted two great ones right and it's amazing that he takes this character and really elevates it even beyond uh and then lucas is just also telling you uh you should play ff16 buddy <laughs> i know i know it's I real haven't... good I have not gotten into a Final Fantasy game since 12. I tried 15. I didn't love it. And I'd kind of written it off as, okay, this isn't for me, and that's okay. Mm. But hearing everybody talk about it, and especially uh, seeing Zach's review, and listening to people talking about it on the uh, different podcasts is definitely gotten me to uh, at least consider it um but uh next i want to hear some of alex's ideas alex you have uh two side characters your summon and your flex left to draft so what is your pick for round five 
Hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty loosey goosey with the side characters at this point, so I might just see where that ends up going. But uh, I guess the only one that I'm worried might end up getting picked, even though it could very well not, um, is my summon. Uh, which is not Alexander, unfortunately, but uh, I, I think it's I think it's a pretty cool one as well. Which is uh, Yojimbo from FF10. Yeah, love that. Oh my god, you're not you're kidding. Oh, did, was that yours? <laughs> I there was two I was going between, and Yojimbo was one of them. Okay, wow. so I, I made the right choice. Okay, uh, according to you, Slosi, according to your logic of just making the most drama as possible. Yeah, um, no, no. I mean, mission accomplished. Yeah, I mean, FF10 Yojimbo, like, yeah, the summoning himself is cool, and the, the design is amazing, as as anybody who's seen it can attest, but what really stands out is just, like, uh, recruiting him, and then just the whole kind of bartering mercenary kind of framing of his, uh, of his character, that uh, you actually have to pay him uh, in order to uh, perform for you, and the more you give him, the better he'll do. And uh, it's just, like, a really cool idea. Um, just, uh, yeah, lo- love the whole design of him. And, uh, I mean, there there isn't too much to say. He's just a sick summon with a, with a really clever premise behind him. And a great dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was also a factor of why I wanted Yojimbo. Yeah, Daigoro but... is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, the, the mechanic of... Uh, of of paying for damage in Final Fantasy has been around for a while. I mean, it's it's part of why the Final Fantasy V Samurai ha- mm-hmm. uh, can be pretty strong. But to communicate that in a summon, and to actually give you a use for your end game piles and piles of gill, uh, for something so powerful and effective, mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And it's it's also a pretty cool boss fight in FF14. It is, yeah. Um. How many of how many people had to go back to the Poseid Temple in the international version? Or oh the, no, and and and, and, and then fight, sure did. and Doc Valfour, yeah, Dark Valfour, yeah. Who just mm. paid for Zenmato? Who was just like, yeah, have I'm like not. a million gil. Here you go. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, there's had- no way I was gonna like level up to beat that thing. Yeah, uh-huh. unless you want to dedicate hours of your life just for that purpose. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that uh, that that lady in the uh in the blue dress isn't gonna recruit herself to my Blitzball team, so I had to go back there. There you go. That's exactly why you <laughs> went back there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea of like communicating the samurai job in a summon form, but it's also such a cool summon for a Final Fantasy game that's inspired by um like Southern Asia, like to use like really beautiful summary colors for a samurai design i think is a really i mean final fantasy 10 has some of the best summon designs in the series anyway still i would say even with some of 16's really great designs um but it's such a cool original idea and i'm like surprised that it's not really been reused outside of that one boss fight or that one sequence in 14 in the um yeah yeah, hildebrand the, the, quests yeah, yeah and, and, and that's barely a cameo like, right. like um, they haven't really brought back yojimbo no. uh and 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 also i mean Yo, yojimbo with this samurai uh coded imagery and evoking the kurosawa film uh it's it, everything about the design is great i mean and, and uh, if i got ninja stolen from me and yojimbo stolen from me at least i got to camera uh compromise by taking samurai as a job instead 
but I but I really did want to have Ninja and the Samurai Summon, but uh, alas. Never mind. Zach, Alex, you're killing me, Smalls. You're welcome. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you did ask for drama. I yeah, did. Yeah, I can't. I can't be that upset. Uh, and 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 I don't feel like I was ill prepared like in the Suikoden podcast. This is this is going great. I'm I have a giant grin on my face being able to draft on a podcast again. But uh, Alana, it's also been a while since you've drafted on a podcast, and you have two in a row now. Mm-hmm. End of the fifth round, beginning of the sixth round. You have one main, one side, your villain, your job, and that's it. Yeah, those are those are the four spots you have left. So who's it going to be? Yeah, one, I, at a, one at a time. They're all. I feel again. I think I'm in a similar position to Lucas, and I think I'm safe relatively across the board. <sighs> Side character is the one I'm tussling with because I've got like a number of picks and I feel like any one of them could either go or not go. Like it depends on what people are playing with, but I've gone for a lot of newer Final Fantasy characters. So I feel like I need to go with older ones. So I'm going to go for Faris as my last side character. You are kidding. No. Nice. <laughs> I re- Oh my God. I, I was, I was either going with her or Landu last time. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm really glad oh. I went for her then. I love oh, Faris. No, I'm not kidding. You should I know. Love, Pir- I love her. T- I love her too. Look, you and I are the top two pirate fans in RPG <laughs> fan. Okay. Why you- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Faris is great. Like a real cool inversion in like, mm. like you have like Final Fantasy four and a lot of Final Fantasy. I, I love Final Fantasy four's cast to death. And honestly, like I, I only played five, five was the last Final Fantasy game I beat. Like the newest, most recent one. Um, like I reviewed it for RPG fan. That was the first time I ever beat it um, in the pixel remaster. And I've always loved Ferris's design, like long purple hair, coat, masculine, but definitely, you know, extremely like extremely strong and powerful and self-assured and things like that. And also, you know, she's the princess cause she's Tycoon's daughter. Um, but yeah, I love her attitude. I love her adventurousness and I love, the way that she is just very self-assured and very herself. Um, I think if I was going to like play her in a job, I can't remember what I used her as. To, uh, it's killing me. I think I definitely used her as a samurai with something else. I can't remember, um, but I love her and I have to have a pirate on my team. She's great. I uh, I think she was the character I used the most as a monk in Final Fantasy. V. I think I used her as a monk as um, well for a long time. Yeah, but, I, I, but yeah, but her and Bart's I, I always had as ninja. But I had mm-hmm. but Bart's was sort of my knight mystic knight. Uh, uh, oh um, no, I had her as mystic ninja. knight. You're right. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. I had her as mystic knight. Yeah, but I, I would I would have her dual. I would have Ferris dual wielding katanas yeah. or ninja weapons often. Yeah, I think or or as a monk just to just to punch stuff because she because she's. Sort of her and Bart's are the better physical characters as well. Uh, Krila and Lena are the better magic characters. But again, in Final Fantasy V, you can sort of make anyone anything. But Ferris is just awesome. She is this rough pirate who also wants to discover her past and and make a connection with uh, with with Alexander Tycoon and uh, and and uh, and Lena. Um, uh, Bart's is a bit of a crush on her, which is adorable. Uh, and. Yeah, no, I, I love Ferris. She's absolutely my favorite Final Fantasy V character, and I, I sort of didn't think anyone else would pick her. Mm-hmm. So I, 
Uh, each each one of you has stolen something from me this draft. I, I, I love it and hate it at the same time. I'm I quite was actually we know you too well. Ferris as well. So, oh. uh, yeah, we, oh, we do have a lot of Ferris on here. Yeah. yeah, we do. Oh, no. Which so, is so fair, because by far the most interesting character from FF5. By oh, yeah. Far. Oh, yeah. I adore FF5, but like... You don't play that game for the characters or the story at all. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, no, it, no. it's it, it's for the neat stuff in the map in the last third of the game, oh, and, yeah. the, and and the job system. The job system is like eighty percent of it. It's so much. It's so much fun. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, all right. So I think the rest of my board is safe. Basically, I'm very glad I went for that. So I will just get villain out of the way because I think that's the only one that's potentially going to get taken at this point. Um. My villain is probably something I can't really talk about much because it's from Final Fantasy XIV. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's not who you might think it is. Um, it is Elidibus. Um Oh. Yeah. And Solosi, where did you stop playing? I stopped playing. I, okay, I know about the Elidibus fight yep. in, um, I think it's 6.3. Yep. But I stopped right it's before 5. that. 5.3. Oh, yeah. sorry, 5.3, 5.3. But, but I stopped right before that. That is actually. the that is the moment that basically said to me like Emmett Sulk is incredible. Like Emmett I, Sulk. I, know, I know what I know what the trial is. So yeah. I, I, but uh, that's not a spoiler for me. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, Emmett I, I Sulk is the best Final Fantasy fourteen villain. Like, there's no disputing that to me. Um, Elidibus's story through the patches like carries on that like whole legacy and the meaning of everything that NXL was doing to a different way um but I think it really is that trial that just totally elevates it for me like there's debates about whether like 5.0 or 5.3 has the better like story um backing um and I think to me it's 5.3 just because of the like the way that it embraces Final Fantasy history but turns it on its head and does like something really incredible with it thematically and narratively um the music in that fight is amazing. The drama in that fight is amazing. And it just really encapsulates and truly puts a bow on the end of what is, you know, yep. Shadowbringers. Like, it's phenomenally good. Um, and, like, Elidibus is not technically even done after that. And I'm not even going to say anything beyond that <laughs> point because I haven't finished... I'm, I'm unsubbed right now, so I haven't finished, like, the M. Walker patches, but I'm well aware I've done, like, up to eight in the raids and i know it goes further than that um but it goes it, yeah it goes way beyond that and i know like elidibus had like a bit of a like a jokey like reputation before that like he just kept popping up and everyone was like oh yeah but like you know shadowbringers like really elevated him and his story especially because it plays on so many like moments that you have throughout shadowbringers with another character that not in itself could other one um might wield an axe, maybe. And that all that's all I'll say there. Uh, but yeah, Elidibus oh, is great. Oh, now now I'm sad. <laughs> oh, you've seen some of you've seen most of it anyway. Oh, no, no, I, point, I, yeah. I, I've I've seen that, but yeah. I love that character. Right, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you, you know, you'll you'll know what I mean when I, you go back to it. Um but yeah, I think it's a fantastic like examination of hero heroism and um just trying to save the world in the way that you think is the right way um it puts the warrior of light your warrior of light even it, it, it just like adds that dichotomy again it's sort of like what end walker does as well and answers in a different way i think um that fight in shadowbringers is kind of like well hang on a minute what's different to what i'm doing to what you're doing and it's really fascinating so yeah elidibus rules and I'm I'm sorry that I didn't pick Emmett Selk, but 
I think Elidibus just edges it for me. I mean, Elidibus is phenomenal. And I, I think that uh, I actually did that trial earlier today. <laughs> um, <laughs> just in a roulette. You did? Um, but I, I think um, Elidibus, I, I, th- I feel like they were... they. The writers didn't know exactly what they wanted to do with Elidibus for a long time. Mm-hmm. And once they discovered what they could do with Elidibus, um, in 5.3 specifically, they've kind of carried it forward through and Walker and into the patches. And they have made Elidibus like almost like the central figure of some things. Um, and I, I think that speaks to the quality of the character um, and how Elidibus in many ways is like the best of them but also the worst of them. Um, Elidibus <laughs> is a fascinating character. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, I, I, that's a great pick. All right. So I am, I mean, this podcast has me dangerously close to resubbing to Final Fantasy 14 with all I this, Vana, with all this Vana and Elidibus talk. Uh, but uh, Alex in the, in the danger of you also being uh, uh, edging going closer to the edge <laughs> hey. hey Final Fantasy 14 joke um, you have two side characters and your flex left to pick uh, so what's it going to be for round 6 yeah I'm feeling I should get another side character in um, and I'm looking at my list now and uh, realizing it's quite the sausage fest and I'm not I'm not totally down with that because i feel like noctis could really use some some strong female representation in his life <laughs> um so uh, uh, agreed <laughs> so unfortunately celeste and tara ferris all gone and uh part of me wants to say yishtola because i think she's awesome but i also feel wrong about that since i'm not all caught up in ff14 uh, y- y- you've seen ishtola's best scene yeah you're good you are- okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> little son yeah that was oh oh yeah oh my god yeah that's incredible legend stuff. legendary put down um but still I, I feel wrong about it so i think i might just go with uh like a classic but a classic good one which is yuna from ff10 no <laughs> oh you were gonna go with the ff10 2 route for oh, your main oh, weren't no! you Alana? Oh, weren't snap. you <laughs> Come on, Alana. You couldn't think that Yuna was just going to get unpicked. She's such a good character. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Oh, we, we might we might yet see oh, lightning, no. dra- li- lightning drafted in this uh, episode. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Yuna just, uh, man, the, the conflictedness, the, the quiet strength of this character is just, just uh, really fascinating. And, um, uh, just also such a such a powerful character. The fact that she can just summon, then she becomes the focus of the battle, uh, along with her summon, and uh, that's just such a cool aspect of that game. And it just really elevates her as a character in a way that, uh, like, I, I don't blame anybody for being kind of upset that she's not the main character in FF10 over Titus, because um, she is like such a crucial role in the story uh from all angles um the fact that she has to kind of uh go on this pilgrimage that she's fated to and um like feels conflicted about it has to wrestle with her feelings kind of differently between like all the different character dynamics the whole party is basically adapted around her um and she just you know, tries to stay strong, but shows these moments of vulnerability that uh, Titus is able to to bring out of her, and 
that really adds so much to to their romance, which is really well depicted in that game, I think. Um, and yeah, Yuna's awesome. Uh, late game, just uh, skipping around that sphere grid, giving her all the best black magic, and just making her the ultimate powerhouse from all angles. And basically one v uh, one v the the rest of the game. Uh, just just awesome stuff. Really really love Yuna. I should have picked the... her instead of Elizabeths. <laughs> I mean, I definitely wasn't going to pick Elizabeths. I know, right? <laughs> no one was. <laughs> the I find it interesting that you made that comparison with Noctis, or you mentioned her alongside Noctis, because I hadn't really thought about those characters as having some similarities that they kind of feel like they do when you're actually talking about them. Mm. And I'm also slightly concerned with uh, the fact that you have Delita at, in there with the two of them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he could uh, really get his manipulation going. Uh, I feel like something very bad is going to happen. But you know end. what? We got we got Barrett there, and Barrett's not going to let anything, oh, true. anything back yeah. true. down. Like I don't have Gladio, sure, but uh, Barrett's there just, just holding down the fort. Uh, Actually, yeah, sure maybe, maybe Barrett will temper down, get Delita pointed the right way a little bit more. A little more idealism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, Barrett could give a, a good talking to to Delta for sure. I have a feeling Barrett's going to be the father figure for all three of those uh-huh. who, are may, who are who are maybe uh, missing some 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 strong uh, cent- firm guidance in their life. Yeah, I'm seeing that as well. And uh, yeah, you might I'm, even you I'm... might even say Barrett might pity the fool. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Come on! Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that I'm back, the jokes are only going to get cornier. I'm oh. sorry. All right. Well, Zach, you had expressed some admiration for Alex's team. Uh, yeah. You you still have some team spots to fill out. You have your summon and your flex. Um, your villain might be safe because they're uh, you're the only person who's yet That's to choose true. their villain. Yeah, I'm gonna wait on that. So so that that might be a safe round eight pick for you. But uh, what's your pick going to be for round six? So Wes isn't here, but I need to write a wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> from uh, someone they stole from me. Um, about a year ago now, maybe a little more, and they stole Alina from Dragon Quest IV from me, and now she's on my team. Awesome. So that's my flex pick. <laughs> no, 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 no notes. Alina is is <laughs> is maybe the uh, the most fun Dragon Quest IV character, and yeah. I, I mentioned this on another podcast. For one who looks so non-threatening. There Indeed. is so much murder in that tiny body. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it it gets to something Alex talks about a lot, which is like this idea of like, um, like narrative and gameplay meeting. And I, I think it's uh, the way that she, uh, it, you know, as you're saying, like she's like a princess. She has like a very specific character design, but then she's like punching walls of ice, um, and like doing like all this insane stuff. And also in battle, she is by a pretty significant margin. Um, in all the versions of Dragon Quest IV that I've played, which is a fair number at this point, she's the most powerful. Um, and I think that um, in terms of, like, we're talking about Terra and Celeste being, like, great female characters. And I'm not saying that Alina is on that level in terms of writing. But I think in terms of the way she's being presented in an NES game, like, is such a badass. Like, it's just so cool. Um, and, like, I would, ne- I can't even imagine what it's like to play Dragon Quest IV and not have her in my party at every moment she is available because she's just so awesome 
she's so awesome. She maxes strength and agility way before anyone else is even <laughs> close to it. So yep. her, her her strength actually sort of sort of stops going up after a while. And if you like if you are a, a crazy person and level everyone up to like 90, then the characters that can use metal king swords are maybe a little better. But for the first 99% of the game, Elena is a complete powerhouse and and is absolutely the most fun character to use even though she can really only just fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just you just use fight every turn and it's the best choice. You were mentioning the design. I love the fact that she looks like she's going to be a mage character with the hat and the, the, the cloak and just completely turns that on its head. Like you and said. Her, her priest buddy looks like a knight, yeah. but, really, yeah. but really he's the one standing behind Elena, throwing heels at her while she kicks also, ass. Also, like the second best character in the game yeah, when, it's, when it's not the OG version where he does the dumbest stuff. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Carol's no, terrible in the OG. Yeah, oh, yeah, in the OG version when, uh, uh, listeners, in case you're uninitiated or haven't played Dragon Quest IV, um, uh, every character other than the hero is just run by AI. So, uh, so Christo slash Cyril is the best healer, but he sometimes just casts infant, uh, instant death spells, which are, uh, they were called beat and defeat on the NES and I think are now, um, uh, oh shoot. Are they, they Thwack and Kathwack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thwack, yeah I, I think, yeah, if, yeah, Thwack and Kathwack now. Uh, so he just casts those over and over when really he should be using his, his good healing. Oh boy, it was frustrating trying to use him. Like I, I would, I would use uh, I, I would use a uh, Maya in, or sorry, Mina instead of him sometimes, just because she didn't have no thwack or thwack. No matter who your healer is in Dragon Quest Four, uh, uh, Elena is your best ass kicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the introduction to her chapter is also just so good, where she's just <laughs> getting like irritated of being cooped up and uh, just literally like breaks out of the castle it's just amazing yeah she 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 pulls a dogie from east move okay so all right if we're talking about our favorite other wall breakers in rpgs i think we should maybe move on to the next uh to the next pick which is my pick and i, I think my side character pick is safe for the moment because lucas has his side his side characters already chosen so i'm looking at summon or flex and i think i'm gonna go with my flex right now uh, informed heavily by recency bias for two things, because first of all, there was a recent game announcement that brought this character to the forefront. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, you know where this is going. And second, um, <laughs> I I drafted this, this was one of my two choices on my flex. I I, I, dra- <laughs> oh, I drafted no. this I drafted this character in our Dragon Quest draft uh, two years ago, and also Zach just drafted Alina, so now I'm gonna draft uh, my favorite Dragon Quest villain. Bizarro. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, there's literally what they like. I had two choices, and that was the other one. Yeah, <laughs> I, awesome. I I had a I had a couple I was thinking of for my flex, but um, you drafting Elena just decided to set me over the edge for it. Um, Bizarro is awesome. You get to uh, use him in the DS uh, version of Dragon Quest Four. He has a really good character arc that's hinted at early in Dragon Quest Four, and then you finally encounter him. He's this incredibly cool, dangerous character who's uh, been driven to despair because his uh, his lover, Ro- uh, an elf named Rose, was murdered. Uh, but then you find out that he, w- that he was set up and you can revive Rose in the uh, Dragon Quest Four remake. And then he joins your party. When he joins your party, he is absolutely awesome. He can use awesome equipment and he has hero spells and mage spells. 
and uh and and looks fantastic he's uh he's like the coolest hidden boss in the dragon quest heroes games and mm-hmm. recently for the uh, dragon quest monsters new game it's it's a prequel starring young sorrow and that made me interested in dragon quest monsters for maybe the first time because I, have, I haven't really played any of those games, but with, with this one being about Young Sorrow, now I kind of want to play them. So, uh, but but also, I mean, I mean, because Bissaro does have this sort of edgy look, uh, I, I wonder if he's almost like a Final Fantasy character that wandered into a Dragon Quest game, except he has those uh, Akira Toriyama alien ears. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, Dragon Quest, for all the things I love about it, doesn't often do villain characters like incredibly well. I mean, like they they can be like sort of like these grand sort of um, dark uh, creatures. And I think Dolmagus is a great one as mm-hmm. well. But um, Sorrow um, is like the only one that I think does the sympathetic villain thing. And I think that they they maybe kind of like vaguely hinted at it in the very original version. But I think in the DS versions, um, he becomes a very sympathetic character and very similar to you. Like I, I have like basically no interest in monster collecting games, but you're giving me a sorrow prequel, and I, well, I, think is, I, I think I'm here for it. Well, the thing, thing is, I like Pokemon, and I and I completely go bonkers for the monster recruiting in Dragon Quest V. It's a little surprising I haven't gotten into the Dragon Quest Monsters games in the past, but now so I've always been intrigued. But now I am like I now I think I have to play this. One. Oh yeah, I mean it's like. It's a day one purchase pre-order game for me, and I do not like Pokemon, so that that <laughs> speaks to how excited I am. I mean, I, I like Pokemon enough to be uh, attending the Pokemon World Championships with my partner in a few weeks. So that's a lot. Yeah, yeah that, that makes that, sense. That, that's, <laughs> that, I, I I can say I, can, I enjoy Pokemon a little bit. <laughs> But, uh, Lucas, I'm not sure if there's a way you can finagle getting a Pokemon character onto your draft board. So, uh, regardless of how much you like Pokemon, it is your pick next. You have your job class, your summon, and a flex to go. Summons are kind of like Pokemon, right? Yeah, you know, I I can see it. I'm going to go with my summon pick. Uh, Again, at this point, I don't think I'm worried about the the draft, uh, somebody drafting over me but that is the one spot that lots of people have left. Uh, I'm going to go with Sylph from Final Fantasy IV. Interesting. Uh, okay. First of all, it's just an awesome song. It does neutral damage, it gets past wall, and it uh, heals your party. And second, it summons three fairies for one, and I need backup dancers. That... <laughs> Again, I love I the commitment to, back to that. Yeah. I love the commitment to the bit. I truly do. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to remember. Sylph doesn't come back in Final Fantasy V, does it? No, I don't. I don't, I, I, I don't think, think it does. So. I don't, Actually, I don't think it's come back in any of them offhand that I can think of. I don't think so. Yeah, but it's it's actually a pretty cool um optional moment in Final Fantasy IV because yeah. go, going through the the Sylph layer or the Sylph cave. Is where you re- is where you learn that um that 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 Yang is in recovery and not and not dead, uh and also gives you this very very useful summon for the rest of the game for Rydia to summon, and uh and so yeah no I I totally get while Sylph is a really really good um 
summon with a with surprising amount of utility and it, it's neutral damage and not wind elemental i, I guess there wasn't wind in there it wasn't wind in oh okay. yeah that makes sense I, I i sort of assumed it was wind but that's uh yeah i guess i don't know no, that's one like, of those fun mechanics as well that's one of those fun things like ff4 uh quake is also also neutral elemental uh because they didn't have earth damage so the way that they got around that is that it just doesn't hit flying enemies. Cool. Well, um, Sylph isn't your only draft pick that you're doing right now, it's Lucas. True. You have your job and your flex left to go. Uh, and gonna... let's see. Um, Alex still can pick his flex, and Alana can still pick her class. So there is technically a non-zero chance of you getting sniped for your final pick. But that, again, depends on how niche or unique your, uh, your choices are. So uh, what's it going to be for the first pick of round seven? So I'm going to go ahead and pick my job. There are two things that this job fills. Uh, one is it's going to give me a little bit of elemental utility, which I've got some, some white magic, some buffing, some healing. Outside of Celis and Selfie, I don't really have anything for elemental damage. It's also going to give me more cowbell. Wow. So I'm going to go with the I'm Geomancer. So, I'm so happy. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I hope if they bring if they bring Geomancer into FF14, I hope bells are their weapons. Uh, but yeah, Geomancer in Final Fantasy V, uh, absolutely iconic pajamas for that whole they, game. They just look so comfy. Mm -hmm. Lucas, I love how like you took like probably the most contested uh pick in the the whole draft to start like celeste seemed to be on like everybody's list and then the rest of them are just like <laughs> <laughs> like whatever nobody else is gonna have these characters Ego was the only one i could have even considered ultras as well maybe but yeah there's a reason i, I took her first uh -huh. yeah <laughs> she was one of my maybes for my first pick but i was but the other uh, uh lucas your other six were nowhere near my draft board I figured I was pretty safe once I got into the theme, and I did. I was thinking Celis might get taken, uh, with one of the other characters we were joking about beforehand was uh, Bart's being taken, or Butts from Final Fantasy V, <laughs> and he was my backup for main. So I figured I was safe on that one too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, Butts is one of the most popular FF protagonists. <laughs> But he is a master pianist. That's true. If, mm. if you play if you play enough yeah. pianos, you become a master pianist. That's just science. That's true. Flex. All right, but uh, it's not quite time for you to flex yet, Lucas. <laughs> because uh, it, it's my pick now, and I have two left. I have one side character and one summon. And for both of those positions, I'm going between a couple. And I, I don't know if any of them are contested or not. Uh, and, and, you know, I did draft Bahamut with my second pick four years ago. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I want Bahamut, though. Um, it's such a I, mainstream pick, Celosi. I, I, I know. I, I think <laughs> I, I well, I, I well, let's see. The someone I wanted to take uh, was was unjustly ripped from my board. <laughs> Just pick Fat Chocobo or something. No, I'm going to be uh, extra basic. I'm picking Odin. 
That is not extra basic. That's um, Odin is so cool. Odin is awesome. They somehow made him a uh a a romantic character in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, where he yeah yeah where where uh, where he uh, uh he has he falls in love or has a uh, possibly has a tryst with the uh, with the human queen of an ancient kingdom. Um, Odin turns into an awesome robo horse in Final Fantasy XIII. Mm, that's um, true. O- Odin has an inflated role in Final Fantasy XVI. That's pretty interesting. It's a it's sort of a wandering summon in FF14, and it's really cool. Uh, and Zantetsuken is awesome in basically every uh every game it it takes part in mm-hmm. and uh, i also have a soft spot for odin because odin's room in final fantasy 5 is the best place to level up in the middle part of the game oh yeah isn't it <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so so when i'm when i'm job grinding in final fantasy 5 i go to that uh room with um those statues called mm-hmm. objet d'art that uh and just fight a million of them to level up you know ninja and samurai and geomancer and all these other classes i didn't get to take <laughs> but yeah odin's the pick i'm not sure which specific odin i'll I'll say the ff6 one just because i i really like a romantic angle for uh for that character that i think that's around. a good call yeah. i do too yeah oh and, and also there's the king of baron angle from ff4 is a, is uh-huh. a cool moment oh yeah but yeah but yeah I'll, uh, odin is almost always cool uh, wherever they put him but FF6 Odin is is especially unusual. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Odin's design in 16 is phenomenal. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I don't love Barnabas as a character. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I think he's kind of weak. Um, Odin's uh, Odin is way cooler Odin than than his dominant. That's is true. very cool. Yes. Yeah, I had a combat build based around Zantetsuken towards the end of the game, so <laughs> it was yeah. very fun. I, I I think I think that build is awesome. I messed around with it a little bit, but you have to sort of build everything around the odin skills yeah it's fine if you, in, in, in in 16 but i i liked i liked moves like uh like, like wind up too much to yeah. totally abandon them so I, I used a weirdo mixed build by the end of 16 but but the odin skills are really really fun yeah I, again like it's kind of one of those summons that stayed really consistent throughout the entire series like apart from the idolon in 13 like it's always been Odin on the back of Sleipnir, right? Whereas in 13, it's really just Sleipnir with um, <laughs> lightning riding it instead, which is still really cool. I really love Odin in 13, but yeah, just a really consistently good, solid summon with a really, you know, like everyone loves the samurai sword moment where you just like slice through someone, and that is essentially what Zantetsuken is, right? So yeah. Uh, but let's see. Oh, Zach, man. you still have two picks left, including your summon. And also, uh, but and uh, you also have an uncontested villain spot and an uncontested summon spot. So, I'm not sure it really matters which order you pick, Zach, in terms of things getting That's stolen. True. In, th- in terms of things getting stolen, that is. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, the villain pick. I the two best villains in Final Fantasy history are still on the board, and I'm not really sure what to do with that. Kefka and um, Sefi. No, it's it's obviously Cloud of Darkness and Garland. Yeah, all right. Exactly. Exactly. It's definitely uh definitely chaos. Um man. I don't know who to take between these two. If you want some truly iconic voice acting, I mean you have Sidolphus from uh, FF sixteen. You could also go with Keith David Chaos from Dissidia. <laughs> <laughs> now i don't know the name of emmett selk's voice actor but i am gonna go with emmett selk uh, i mean like kefka is kefka i should probably take kefka but i'm not going to 
I think Emmett Selk is such a phenomenal villain um, that I don't think that there's any choice. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree with everything Alana said about Elidibus, and I think Elidibus is, um, in many ways, um, every bit the equal by the time you've played through all of it uh, to Emmett Selk. But Emmett Selk is such a... a, a a multifaceted villain and you know uh and i don't want to go too far into it because like endwalker does like a lot of great work in like contextualizing who emmett selk is and some of the things that emmett selk does in shadowbringers that um makes emmett selk an even better villain um which is incredible because like we had a villains episode about emmett selk before we knew any of that and we already thought Emmett Selk was was worthy of a, of a conversation about that, um, just because of the the intensity of his love for his people, um, the intensity of his belief in what he's doing, um, and it, it, it and like his whole attitude and his sort of lazy like blase attitude, um, everything that comes together to create who Emmett Selk is, um, I think makes him. Um, probably the best villain in Final Fantasy um, history. Um, Kefka is iconic for a reason, obviously, but I think Emmett Selk is untouchable, honestly. Um, uh, no joke, Emmett Selk was my second choice for villain after Beatrix. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I think um, in terms of being a main villain, uh, the it's the total package. Um, there's a, a, a backstory that is absolutely, um, whether you want to call it relatable or not, is... I don't know that that that's up to you, but it, it's uh, it's absolutely compelling. His attitude is interesting. You're um, never really sure what side he's on for a while until there until sort of all the cards are on the table, and um, uh, and and, and his dialogue's great. I, I think Emmett Selk is an incredible villain. Probably my favorite Final uh, Final Fantasy fourteen uh, NPC character. Emmett Selk came on screen. I was like, oh. Oh no, you were like doing everything I love about like villains, but also in a way that's like really interesting. And then like Shadowbringers still proceeded to like subvert that to a degree. And yeah, I think like him and him and Elidibus sit like in the same scale, basically. Like they're balanced together. And Emmett Selk, I think, is it does. I don't know who. I don't want to say who does worse things because they both do pretty terrible things, right? But like, they're so. I think Emmett Selk's got like the broader personality, and as Zach said, like he is multifaceted. Like Emmett Selk is funny, like so funny. Yeah. But he also does some like ridiculous things, and like you've also got like the context of what he does over the history of Eorzea and of who he becomes and who he is. Like it, it, it's incredibly fascinating and then for n walker to like take everything and then like contextualize it as zach said again and also like yeah i i mean like i can't really do it i can't really talk about n walker at this point because it's still like pretty new um but 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 yeah i think everything from the performance to the motivation to the uh to the end game of m itself is absolutely brilliant and again that is without me having played Endwalker. So if you're telling me there's more Emmett Selk in Endwalker, or at least more insight into him in Endwalker, again, I'm just getting dangerously closer and closer there to resubbing. There's a whole lot more Emmett Selk. Oh, Emmett Selk man. isn't even the best character in Endwalker. Oh, you're not telling me that that Xenos is saved by Endwalker, are you? Uh -huh. uh, not saved, but there's a there's a bit improved. There's a improved, bit. Yeah. Certainly, we've okay. already talked about okay. the best Endwalker character. Oh, oh, that, that's Indeed. right. Of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, how dare I forget Vanat? But anyway, uh, uh, 
Alex, um, your uh, villain is already chosen. You have one side character and your flex yet to go. Um, and uh, but uh, on the back end, I still have one side character and Lucas still has his flex left to go. So you're not completely safe. Well, actually, no, no, you are completely safe because uh, we're, we're yeah, 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 yeah. Right. We forgot about yeah. the snake order. Yeah, Lucas yeah. and I are both picking after you. So, uh, what's it going to be? Your side or your flex? Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at my team and do really like it, but I think what I'm missing right now is some levity. These are all pretty pretty serious people on here right now. So, um, thinking about what my options are, uh, I'm gonna go with a character that. Uh, I was pretty confident wasn't going to get picked because I know there are some uh, FF8 haters uh, in, <laughs> in here right now. But uh, honestly, it's uh, one of the, my favorite parts of the game, if not my favorite part of the game, is uh, the Laguna flashback. So I'm picking Laguna Loire. As you picked my... the best part of Final Fantasy VIII. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so um... that, that's weird. I, I didn't. I don't see anyone picking the Imperial Norg. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, those those Laguna flash, flashbacks are kind of the highlight of that game. Um, it, it just, like, they come out of nowhere uh, as you're progressing through the game. Honestly, feels like a, a fever dream where you're not really sure where you are in terms of time or reality or anything, and you're just suddenly playing this, this guy with a machine gun who's uh, a really good leader, but uh, a total goofball at the same time. Uh, and that combination really works out for him as a character. Uh, it's interesting just to have like a character with a machine gun in, in a JRPG. I, I'm not sure if it was done at that point. I, I, I highly doubt it. But um, it was a cool pick. And uh, yeah, the, the Laguna sections are amazing. Um, the way they develop his romance with Julia. And you're just, as a player, just trying to like figure out how this all fits into the larger narrative until you finally find out. And uh, I'm not going to spoil any of that, but... Um, you can spoil a 24-year-old game. It's fine. Nah, but, 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 I have a but, friend we, who's we, probably going to listen to this. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe, so. maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't spoil them. But, but again, I'm the person who uh, doesn't care about spoilers, the least of anyone I know. So, yeah, bad example. But, uh, so... Yeah, um, I have to say, again, FF8, not my favorite Final Fantasy. I, I, I don't hate it. I just, I just like a bunch of others more. <laughs> But um, uh, you also uh, neglected to mention his awesome theme song. Yeah, mm -hmm. Man with the Machine Gun. Man with the Machine Gun is great. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, one of the most unique pieces of music uh, in the series, I think. And, uh, yeah, it just totally owns. And, I think uh, soundscape yeah. is pretty experimental for its time, especially. But and, and Man with the Machine Gun is a highlight. Yeah. I might have a hot take here, but I think FF8 might have Uematsu's best soundtrack. I would not uh oppose that yeah i oh i don't know oh. I, i'm not sure i would say best just just because again i love so many of them but yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's a strong point absolutely it's, it's, it's a it's yeah. a top tier one for sure yeah laguna is it's my favorite underrated uh-huh i yeah six i six is right up there too yeah yeah six of course. is just so iconic that i might give it the edge but i'd probably yeah. throw aiden right after that honestly uh, yeah laguna is the best part of final fantasy eight um I do. I love every time he like cramps. Every time he sees Julia, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> dude, like come on, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a very, very complete character. Very uh, interesting, like tonal shift for the game, and uh, yeah, just the way his 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 segments are incorporated just elevate that game to 
to another level, I think. Well, okay, thank you, Alex. You have one spot left, your flex, but we uh, aren't going to get to that quite yet. Alana, you have two picks in a row, your last two picks of the draft, your main character, mm -hmm. and your job. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter which order you pick exactly, but uh, one at a time, please. Are you going to go with your main or your job first? Let's get my job out of the way, because I want to carry on the Final Fantasy VIII talk. I'm really sad. I really I thought you were gonna steal this from me, Slowsey, because I know oh. how much you like Gunbreaker. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I I was thinking about it. It was it was it was gonna be Gunbreaker or a Samurai, probably. Uh huh. And like I thought Gunbreaker was really cool before they made it into fourteen. Like I I actually kind of don't mind school. Like he's a brat and a whiny teenager, but I totally understand the situation that he's in, and also like so many people will like that at his age like how exactly, many exactly yeah. so it's like my brother was like that and i remember my brother playing that game when i don't know how old he was um probably like early teens and he was definitely like school at that point it was like late 90s early 2000s so it definitely captured that vibe but gunbreaker is my tank of choice in final fantasy 14 and it is the coolest flashiest most fun tank to play because there are so many explosions and there are a lot of buttons. There it, has, are... it has cooldowns in between the <sighs> cooldowns. It has so many buttons, <laughs> but I love the buttons so much. Um, but yeah, like it, it's just such a cool idea for a tank. And like a, it's a pretty DPS heavy tank as well. Like you always have to be weaving in and out. So it's pretty difficult to play well. But I think it really rewards. It's really rewarding to play as well. Like I think tanking is a lot easier than you think like think it, it is. is like i was scared to do it initially now i'm just like oh i want to turn my brain off for like an hour i'm just gonna tank yeah. a load of dungeons and yeah my, my, my starting class in 14 was a dps because i was told that yeah. uh, that only veterans should tank but when i tried <laughs> that's wait, wrong when i tried warrior for the first time i'm like oh tanking is my favorite thing oh yeah someone told you to play monk which is probably the hardest job to play right. outside of yeah. maybe black mage i yeah, think well, ninja I is probably harder yeah, nin but yeah. yeah ninja ninja black mage and summoner are, are complicated but but summoner is not anymore oh, oh oh yeah simpler okay that's probably for the best but any, anyway yeah simple. my my grid is like the, the t one axis is do i want to break my fingers and one axis is do i want to wait in line a long time so like monk is break my fingers and wait a long time. Uh, samurai is don't break fingers, yeah. do wait a long time. <laughs> Gunbreaker is break my fingers, but don't wait a long time. And warrior is uh, my fingers are fine and I don't have to wait long. So warrior is my main. But, but yeah, love. But you look so cool as a gunbreaker, Gun and I love warrior the too. The trench coat, the oh. trench coat, and the armor is so cool. I can't even remember what my warrior uh, of light looks like as a gunbreaker right now i'm pretty sure it's armor but i have had the trench coat and i have done the near coat so i've the, done uh, <laughs> the <laughs> sorry the, the gunbreaker trailer when they first announced it Ugh. was a cat boy with dark hair and dark and uh and like a uh and and a scar over one of his eyes or i think and i and i looked at that and go oh my god that, that, that that's my hero uh-huh <laughs> and then and then i ended up using gunbreaker so much i'm like i'm just i'm just reenacting the the trailer from a couple years ago <laughs> god i've never had that moment um uh, it's okay though um but yeah my main character i was a fool for not picking you in the last round i feel like an idiot but luckily another spin-off slash prequel i'm not even picking a main story character from a main game because the bests have all gone and i don't really love cloud i've already picked gunbreaker zidane is an easy choice but nah titus is eh so we're going with Zack from Crisis Core. Um, <laughs> huh. It, it counts. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, there's a really funny joke you can make here. If you look at the board, have a look and see what you can do. But 
Yeah. Oh yeah, Zach drafted Elena, and Al- and Alana drafted Zach. Oh, I know, right? Um, but that was unintentional, I promise. Um, but yeah, I have loved Zach there since basically Final Fantasy VII. At this point, I think like I love the in- I I like I think Cloud's a great character and a really great protagonist, and a lot of the outside material has muddied that character to me a lot. But what I always appreciate is like the intertwining story between cloud and zach and how cloud takes on parts of zach's personality and thinks he is zach and everything like that um but then you get to see what zach's like in play in crisis core and for part of um for part of seven i would say um and he is like this goofball this like massive positive goofball who is like a first class well he's a third class soldier at the time at the beginning of crisis core um and he's trying to be a first class soldier or he's just reached first class i think um and he's just trying his best he wants to be a hero he's dating Aerith, and him and Aerith have such a great relationship in crisis core and i just love how like boundlessly positive he is but he goes through some stuff and he has to see some really terrible things the plot of crisis core is garbage so irrespective yeah. of like what you know what happens or anything whatever it's like fan fiction at this point but um i do love the way he reacts and the way he develops from it and the way he like changes and that you can see like this blend of like what cloud becomes and also like the way that zach still doesn't really betray like this whole like positive uplifting side of him but he's also like a mentor figure so he feels that weight um and he carries it really well throughout crisis call and in the scenes that you do see him in in Final Fantasy VII. Um, but yeah, Zack has been one of my favorite characters for a very long time for Final Fantasy. And in a way, I'm quite glad I actually managed to get like get to draft him instead of Yuna, even if Yuna is probably my second favorite Final Fantasy female character after Celeste. So it's okay. Zack is a good pick still. I love him to death. Yeah, now that uh, they kind of come up side by side and you're describing him, like, I'm seeing a lot of crossover mm. between Zack and Laguna as characters. That's true, yeah. yeah. It's like I like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. kind of both uh, very competent leaders, but also uh, kind of goofballs at the same time. Yeah, it's a trope I fall for a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> so, And interspersed in weird flashbacks. Yeah, 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 true. There you go. Damn. The heck? Oh my I, god. I, re- I remember Square in the mid 2000s, the, the community I was, most, I was most active on online was a Final Fantasy website called Caves of Narsh. Uh-huh. And, and when they announced um, Crisis Core and that it was going to be a prequel starring Zack, all of the FF7 dorks on that site, including me, lost our damn minds. Right. And it-, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was the exact character that isn't present in a huge amount of final fantasy 7 but is so important and uh, when you do sort of understand who he who zach is it looms so large that it was it, it it's zach is absolutely beloved and and righteously so even before crisis core existed right and it's like a testament that you know what's going to happen at the end of crisis core right and this game spends like 20 hours like telling showing you what he is and then the moment yeah. happens oh. and it hits so hard my favorite part of uh Crisis Core, which is a game I, I like but don't love, is the Price of Freedom song <laughs> at, 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 at that scene uh-huh. is so killer. Uh-huh. Oh, That's man. very good, yeah. 
Oh, has that been on Rhythm Encounter yet? Probably yes. I would but, imagine so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now anyway. But the but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, fantastic pick, Alana. Right, I guess we should move on to the next pick. Alex, you have one left to go, and it is your flex. So it can be any character uh, from a Square Enix or Square Enix game. Uh, and uh, other than the, the let's see, one of the 36 characters drafted so far in this episode. So I'm actually uh, looking to break the rules, but I think in a way that uh, no one will be opposed to, in a way that makes sense. So, because um, in a way, this this game is is more Final Fantasy than a lot of Square stuff that came after. And I'm going to draft Kai Marganar from Lost Odyssey. Huh. Because it's a Hironobu Sakaguchi character. I think uh checks right. out that game is well, very Final Fantasy. Okay, um, in the interest of annoying Zach, I'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and, that that was another one of my intentions. What? I love Lost Odyssey. (laughs) You are lying to yourself in that other room. Um, Which, it's funny, because I see a lot of similarities between uh, FF8 and Lost Odyssey, so I'm not surprised that someone who wouldn't be a fan of one is not quite a fan of the other. Um, but Kaim is uh, is awesome. Um, like despite the kind of wooden performance of his voice actor, uh, he's got one of the best and deepest backstories of any RPG character, and that's courtesy of the Thousand Years of Dreams uh, short stories that you unlock through the game that are written by uh, a real literary author and just are legit, uh, beautifully done and uh, really flesh out that character in, in profound ways. Uh, he's been alive for a thousand years, has all kinds of different experiences you get to hear about, from like being imprisoned and losing his mind to being a prison guard and uh, having to deal with that, uh, being in so many wars, uh, helping out little little towns that come under attack, and just witnessing all these different aspects of uh the tragedy and the beauty of mortality uh as an immortal being and uh yeah he's he's final fantasy as heck at the same time and uh yeah i i think uh he his whole backstory as explained through the thousand years of dreams is a real highlight of that game and uh yeah uh kind rules uh, i i uh i have not played lost odyssey but i did listen to the episodes that you recorded a month or two ago uh, but I, I didn't know how to spell Kaim, so I was uh, I was doing some background searching. I almost wrote down Kaim like in uh, Fiddler on the on the Roof, Lachaim, Lachaim to life. <laughs> but no, 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 no. It's it's, it's Kaim with a K. But I mean, uh, whatever you dra- you drafted Kaim and Zach drafted Kane, so it was it was as far as that that just tells me that Zach loves Lost Odyssey. Yeah, that's that's that not accurate sense. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> I, I, in all seriousness, like I, I do think those thousand years of dreams are like, like some of the best storytelling that has happened in RPGs, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said that it's storytelling in an RPG when it's literally just like short stories, because no, there's no gameplay involved in thousand years of dreams. Um, it, I have plenty of criticisms of the game, which you can go listen to or read my final thoughts or whatever. But I, um, I, I appreciate that uh, you enjoy those enough to select Kaim. 
nice way of putting oh, it. Jack. Wow. That, that comment was just <laughs> dripping with shade. <laughs> well, Zach, um, I'm not sure how to transition this. Uh, you you got one pick left, and it's your summon. What you got? That's true. Um, you know, there's a lot of good options left. Bahamut is a possibility for me, uh, but I feel like my team, as is common for me, um, is uh, full of a lot of edge. And I can't think of an edgier summon than Anima from Final Fantasy X. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, like in all seriousness, like the like so obviously disturbing. like the, I know, right? Um, the the Anima summon obviously is very powerful in Final Fantasy X, which is very cool. Like the whole background with Seymour and Seymour's mother and all that other stuff um, is like genuinely disturbing outside of just the presentation of Anima itself, right? Um, and I just, I love how unique it is, um, in terms of a Final Fantasy summon. Like, there's nothing else quite like it, and nothing else feels like Anima, and, um, it's imposing in a way that I feel like a lot of summons aren't just because we see them so often. Um, and so I think Anima is, like, super cool. It's an amazing interpretation of the faith in Final Fantasy X as well. Like, you always see, like, the ways in which, like, you know, Bahama is this kid that's following you around, and you see, like, the other representations of all the other um, Aeons, but, like, Anima is, like, the complete opposite of, like, willingness to be an Aeon, and it's, like, this manifestation of, like, pure hate and evil and hurt and pain, and Anima is totally busted. Like, anima just breaks the damage barrier without even like trying um and it's also just the coolest looking summon ever like i can't believe you really just went to took the bit and just really went like i'm gonna go really edgy but i guess you know that makes sense it's like beyond edgy though it's like (laughs) it's just disturbing anima does accomplish something that i find very impressive and that's making seymour interesting uh-huh um, <laughs> i mean seymour is generally quite interesting yeah, but yes. mostly through anima i would say i yeah. I, I, I think i mean i i don't like seymour as a villain but mostly he just gives me the he gives me the creeps a little oh, bit that's the whole idea but, i think it, yeah it, it, we're, we're, i mean again mission accomplished square enix or uh i still square square at the time but uh but 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 anima's backstory and and uh its connection to seymour is really fascinating and um and 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 actually makes anima somewhat of a of a tragic figure in a way mm-hmm. well actually not in a way just just it makes it a tragic figure it she but, is. yeah uh and um and and yeah if you're going for like uh edge lordy darkness zach uh <laughs> yeah yeah all again mission, mission accomplished, accomplished. <laughs> So that's why you wanted Dark Knight and Clive. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla is the ray of hope. <laughs> but like in an edgy way. It's like cool. Oh, okay. she's not that edgy. <laughs> Go away. You don't deserve her. Well, well, okay. Speaking of edges, speaking of edges, um, I I did have a plan for my uh for my draft. Um, I I, I noticed when I was uh, playing Final Fantasy sixteen. And uh, around the same time, listening to the FF6 podcasts that y'all recorded not long ago, I realized that so many of my favorite Final Fantasy characters are just sword people that can use magic. So I wanted to see if I could just draft entirely swordsmen for this entire episode. And uh, again, I I wanted Celeste and Yojimbo and a few others. 
but uh, and, and I ended up mostly sticking to that rule. Uh, so I, I, but looking at my remaining options, there's a couple ways I could go. Uh, Torgal is still around, and I, I would love to have Cli- uh, Clive's dog join him. Um, a, a bunch of uh, oh, a bunch of Final Fantasy 14 characters are still available. I could go with uh, I, I, I even drafted Rydia and Oron in my in the 2019 draft, and they're still around. I could do either of those, but no, you know what? I, I think I will go with a Final Fantasy 14 character. And this character technically doesn't use a sword, uh, but they do. They were my favorite NPC in my favorite expansion, uh, and and also somehow predated any of the other major characters in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, I'm going with Ardbert. Yes, Ardbert is uh, first introduced as a as a villain, sort of, uh, just after Heaven's Word, but even before that. Ardbert and his uh is is basically the warrior of light stand in in the earliest trailers for Final Fantasy fourteen in twenty ten, but then uh they brought him back later to be a a an alter an alternate dimension warrior of light that count that uh that uh clashes with your own group, and in in Shadowbringers when you visit the dimension he's from you uh the the, the warriors of light from that uh. From that dimension are sort of fallen hero characters that you have to um not not exactly redeem but you you sort of encounter you sort of interact with their stories in a way that is completely unexpected from their role in that old ff10 uh 2010 i'm sorry uh 2010 ff14 trailer or their uh their roles as minor villains in in the in the heavensward post game but when you encounter arbert and you meet his uh you you meet his you find out what happened to his former companions and his uh, his old Amaro mount Seto. Oh uh, God! The the the, the, set, the Seto uh, storyline part of the storyline absolutely annihilated me. Um, and uh, 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 Lucas and Alex basically this Shadowbringers character his chocobo lived to be over a hundred and gained the power of speech. And you so from his like from his like old former partner you find out uh what the warrior of light used to be like from the from the point of view of an animal that loved him it's it's that's fantastic it's it's completely heartbreaking and awesome but you know i i just i filled my whole team with uh with with people that could use swords and magic arbert uses an axe he's uh but he's sort of considered an everyman character but with this with this really really uh like sad and beautiful backstory that I uh, he is the FF14 character I think about the most, like going back to my uh, times playing it. My other my other contenders were Ishtola, obviously I love her. Thancred, um, I thought about Grahatia, uh, someone someone uh, I like him a lot too. Mm-hmm. But but just thinking about every one I love in FF14. Uh, oh, I, I also thought about uh, Emmerich and and Estinian, the 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 two top tier Elizen boyfriends. Uh, but it had to be Ardbert. I, 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 I like. I, I, I weirdly miss him. It is the only way I can explain it. It's like uh, he's an NPC that I that I miss uh, seeing him around. I do too. I, I really am this close to resubbing to Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> it's sad, uh, but not as sad as Ardbert's backstory. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So that was my last pick of the episode. Lucas, you have the last pick of not only your team, but of anyone's team. You have your flex left to go. So it can be any character from a Square Enix, Square Enix, or Mistwalker game. Um, <laughs> and I'm presuming that it'll be someone with some kind of musical connection. But uh, may- maybe, I, uh, maybe I'm assuming too much. What's it going to be for your final pick, Lucas? It is not only a character with some musical connection. It is the musical character from <laughs> from Squaresoft, especially in that era. Uh, I'm okay. going with Nobuo Uematsu from the Chrono Trigger Dev Room. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> you know when when you said you you were when you oh said God. you're you were pretty sure your flex pick was safe. You were you were so correct that it went to a place I didn't even imagine. Wow. So, uh, Nobuo Ematsu. Um, he only wrote about a uh uh about what twenty percent or one quarter of the songs in Chrono Trigger, but most of the Final Fantasy music, um, for the first uh fifteen odd fifteen plus years of its existence, mm-hmm. um. Why don't we just go around the horn and uh, and and let's each talk about a, fi- a favorite track, Lucas? What you got? Oh man, just throw that out. Uh, I'm actually going to. Uh, I'll go with. Uh, I really like Realms theme from Final Fantasy VI, and I think it's uh, not one that gets brought up a lot. That's a great one. Yeah. I love that. I uh. When I think of a song that gives me a warm, cozy feeling, but also gives me a feeling of forward momentum that I like in a world map theme, uh, Over Those Hills from Final Fantasy IX yeah. just absolutely uh, does it for me every time. That, that, that song's amazing. You know, I think the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack is kind of whatever, but I really love Eris' theme. I know it's like like the most tired answer possible, but it's the truth. This is another really generic answer, but uh, I mean, the FF6 opera scene is just uh, such a, a masterful moment, both musically and for the way it's incorporated into the game. And uh, I, 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 like, if we're talking about Umatsu's just like musical achievements and how that's gelled with. The game itself like that's the highlight for me but also a uh, shout out to ff8's um boss battle theme love that mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one uh theme of love from final fantasy 4 is one of my favorite songs from the entire series um i've heard it played live at distant worlds um cried heard various different versions of it cry every time i hear it um i love that piece of music so much more and more as I get older, so yeah. Nobuo Oimatsu, a, a crucial part of what Final Fantasy was for many, many years. And uh, whatever you, your feeling on Final Fantasy is, whether it's, uh, you, know, you know, whether it's the tone of the stories, the, per, the wild personalities of these characters, um, the music by Oimatsu, the character designs by Nomura and others, um, it, it, it's, it's a thing that is, uh, for for very for many many good reasons probably the most popular rpg series in in the world and uh i think it i think it was worth doing a second draft episode even if uh the episode ended up being dangerously close to 3 hours i hope <laughs> i i hope that's cut down a little bit when all is said and done uh, uh lucas what do you um do you have any thoughts on nobu before we move into housekeeping 
I mean, I, I was debating between the two composers. They're both in the dev room, and uh, I needed my uh, I needed my pianist, and uh, <laughs> figure that brings the team together. Mm-hmm. I, I did see the Earthbound Papas live once, and uh, uh, Uematsu does play a mean keys. It's true. <sighs> it was at Magfest in oh shoot, I think twenty fourteen or fifteen. I've seen Shimomura play piano live, and it is incredible. Oh, I'm that jealous. sounds awesome. Uh huh. Well, for- fortunately, these uh, creators are still active and doing their thing, if not uh, in quite as much volume as uh, during their respective peaks. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I was listening to Yoko Shimomura's Street Fighter music less than twenty four hours ago, <laughs> um, but. Uh, we we did it, team. We made five teams of Final Fantasy characters, which leaves one less ta- one final task to do, and that is naming each of our teams. But before we get there, uh, I'll give you some time to think and uh, do a little bit of uh, retro encounter cleanup for the first time in a while. Uh, li- uh, listeners, thank you so much for uh, um, putting up with us for so long doing our Final Fantasy fantasy draft, and thank you so much, Al- uh, Alex, Lucas, Alana, and Zach for uh, going through this um this thought exercise and um these drafts are always fun to do and we always want uh to do more of them i'm wondering if we if we can repeat this one maybe i can try to redeem myself on a new suikoden draft uh (laughs) by the by the time the uh those remasters come out or um, i don't know maybe do uh maybe i'll I'll finally play fire emblem engage and do one of those uh oh god but we'll, but uh, that's a series with too many characters to properly draft. But uh, let's talk. But uh, we're not doing um, Fire Emblem or more Final Fantasy next in Retro Encounter. We're doing two episodes on Final Fan. On no, no. Last week we did two episodes. Last month we did two episodes on Final Fantasy VI. Next month we are doing two episodes on Disco Elysium, that uh, um, computer RPG style detective game with no systemic combat but a lot of stats and manipulation and a lot of fascinating narrative ideas. Um, I'm not going to be on those episodes because I'll be traveling out of the country for a large part of August. But um, Zach, I know that you are really excited to record those. We've, we've talked about them a, oh, little, yes. a little bit off of off mic. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how those turn out. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's a game I've wanted to play for a long time. So I'm super jazzed to talk to people about it. Excellent. And uh, listeners, if you're super jazzed to talk to us, whether it's about Final Fantasy VI or Disco Elysium or character drafts or retro encounter in general, the best way to reach us is retro at RPGFan.com. You can also find RPG Fan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, YouTube, Twitch, always called either RPG Fan or RPG Fancom uh, with something going on on one of those places at any time. There's also the RPG Fan shop at RPGFan.com shop where you can buy RPG Fan apparel, accessories, uh, a lot of different things emblazoned with the Emerald Shield. Uh, there's also two other fine podcasts on RPG Fan. Random Encounter every two weeks about randomness and current RPGs. Rhythm Encounter about RPG and video game music. Uh, also, uh, with uh, those two alternating Mondays. And um, Retro Encounter on every other Thursday. You can review Retro Encounter or Random Encounter or Rhythm Encounter on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or however you prefer to listen to podcasts. Please leave whatever feedback you prefer, especially if it's five stars out of five. But before we introduce ourselves by social media profiles, we should introduce ourselves with our uh, 
Final Fantasy fantasy team names. So does anyone have theirs that they'd like to volunteer for the rest of the class? Oh, I do. Um, my team name is To the Edge. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. pretty good, all right. And and uh, he, yeah, he even yeah, mentioned yeah. the Soken song earlier this episode. Yeah, yeah. No, wow, good. it's good. My my team is obviously the Ultros Eight. Hey. Wait. Wow, that actually fits remarkably. Not only are there are, are there eight bandmates. <laughs> If you count Sylph as one, um, I was just going to say, technically, there's three Sylphs, which throws it off a little, but it's also the number of Ultro. It. It's also the number of Ultros' tentacles. It's true. Um, and I, and, I, and, I, and you know, I think when he says "ouch seafood soup," I think the Japanese line is "ouch takoyaki." And yeah, I'm I'm going to be <laughs> I did I'm not be know eating, that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to be eating a non-trivial amount of takoyaki in a few weeks. I would I, I would de- eat a dangerous amount of takoyaki if I was in Japan. So I don't blame you. <laughs> it's, it's my first time going, and hopefully not the last. But oh. uh, I'll, I'll I'll give my uh, my answer now. And again, I was just I I was just like telling a dumb like 8-bit theater swords joke for this whole uh, uh for this whole episode so i'm gonna call my team world of swordcraft oh god welcome to town uh but alex and alana what are your team names uh whoever'd like to go first uh, oh. so i'm looking at my list and uh you know i got i got noctis there and you know barrett's got a bit of that gladio vibe laguna has a bit of prompto and ignis in him so you know, I got the boys, uh, but I also got Yuna. So I think my team is just going to be uh, the boys featuring good female character. <laughs> the boys feature good female character. <laughs> and Alana, um, your team name has uh, also features a good female character, but uh, that name's already taken. Uh, w- what are you going with? I feel bad I've only got one female character now. That's not good. Um, but it's just going to be embrace our dreams. Embrace our dreams. Yeah, it looks like uh, we have the most lady representation from... Mm, oh, does Anima count? I'm not sure. She is female, technically. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess uh, Zach, you have the most lady representation on uh, on any of our teams. Congratulations! Yay. Right, I know. I think you're tied with Lucas. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know, you know what? It's not important. What's important is that listeners, uh, we had a great, <laughs> uh, we had a great time um, drafting Final Fantasy characters with you. We hope you had a great time listening to us. Uh, but before we sign off, let's introduce our social medias, starting with you, Alana. I don't have any anymore. Sorry, I, but I am so jealous. <laughs> I, I mean, it's there, but I don't use it anymore. Uh, but you can find my work on NintendoLife.com if you so wish, where I still toot my RPG fan horn pretty regularly. So go for it. Excellent. Do you ever get any kind of uh, site recognition when you do that? I do, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I have had some, especially my Trails reviews, people like, oh, it's that person. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Now, uh, Alex, your turn. Uh, you can just email me at uh, alexfranicek at gmail.com and uh, the spelling's a bit unique so you can look that up in my bio on the site. Or in the show notes even. Or yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, Zach, how can listeners find you? Uh, you can email me, zachw at rpgfan.com or you can find me on our Discord at zachw. Now Lucas, you uh, have a very specific social media presence uh, related to the website. I do. Uh, in addition to being one of the people who's probably answering you on the RPG fan uh, social medias, 
Uh, I am also on Twitter at Rafegal, R-A-E-F-G-A-L-L. And uh, you can also find me on YouTube that way. Thank you, Lucas. And uh, listeners, if you want to find me, I am probably easiest to find on Twitter, although I hate that website more every day. I am at The Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs other times, and on RPG Fans Discord server, I am called Monsoon Mike. So uh, thank you so much from The Ultros 8, World of Swordcraft, To the Edge, The Boys featuring good female character, and Embrace Our Dreams. Thank you, good night, and